For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. In for hail and high water is the story that makes the star today. They talk about the weather in the papers as usual. You'd better bake the most of it. Some parts of the country still could get highs. The Midlands, I suppose, they're talking about of 26 or 27 degrees. We won't see it, unfortunately, because these showers, in fact, a lot of them will see showers over the weekend. They're, they're coming in from the, the southwest, so be across Munster and Cork and then up the country. So a lot of the papers talking about uh, changing weather this morning. But they're still looking at June um, in the examiner this morning. This is kind of an environmental story, if you like, saying that the first few days of June saw global average temperatures rise more than one and a half degrees higher than pre-industrial averages. Now, I know that there'll be people out there saying, for God's sake, would you give us a break from all of that? Can we not just enjoy a bit of nice summer weather? But I'm just saying, that's all. You know, we will eventually have our own Lewis, the Cork Lewis, or some kind of uh, equivalent to the Dublin Lewis. Certainly nowhere near as elaborate to start with, but at least we're getting an idea as to when it'll be announced and the project itself. Uh, So the Cork Lewis project is expected to be announced in the early part of next month by the NTA. Now, quite an amount of money has already been spent on um, uh, expenditure on the project already is over 1.8 million uh, trying to identify the route I guess whatever it is they do in advance of actually announcing it or even starting it I don't know whether it will be tracks or whether it will be a wheeled Lewis or how it will operate but the the proposed Cork Lewis um, route would be Ballancolig on the western outskirts all the way to Maham Point in the east. So it's a start, I suppose, and at least it's in the right direction. But there's an incredible story in the front of the Echo this morning with a very elaborate plan uh, by O'Callaghan Properties. They've got a company called Leaside Keys Limited, a subsidiary of O'Callaghan. So they've applied now uh, for planning permission to construct 1,325 residential units that would be apartments and duplexes primarily uh, in 10 different buildings uh, on the Goulding site on Centre Park Road down on the Monaghan Road and they've got one of these computer images on the papers today to show exactly what it would look like and boy is it impressive I mean this is this is fabulous and it goes to show um, you know with a bit of care and attention and TLC uh, private companies and private industry can do very good things so the plans would cover um, over 25,000 square metres uh, would also include, I should say, 25,000 square metres of public space for playing and for exercises. And if I'm right in looking at these photographs, um, I wonder is that grass on the top of the actual buildings themselves? I'm open to carry, it could be AstroTurf, but certainly it's an amazing aerial shot of what it would actually look like down on the Keys. And then, um, of course, we've got all sorts of issues regarding uh, the safety of people in our city. And, of course, on Wednesday night, uh, Wednesday evening, to be accurate, uh, an horrific uh, stabbing on uh, the Grand Parade just by, by Dawn Square. And we were talking with the Lord Mayor, Deirdre Ford, on air yesterday morning. I imagine the, the Examiner and the Echo were probably talking to her as well because they're picking up on the stabbing incident, the latest stabbing. And, of course, the general consensus is for uh, more Gardaí Shikana on the streets of Cork. Above in Dublin, then, um, there's another fatal stabbing. Uh, the Cork one wasn't, but I hope the man survives it. I'll have more of that in a few minutes' time, incidentally. But uh, a man suspected of murdering a mother of two then rang the emergency services after she suffered fatal stab wounds. I mention that, firstly, because it's tragic, and secondly, because it goes to show how much knife crime there is and how it's growing so, so quickly. In other news this morning, um, uh, there's a couple of very horrific stories making the court reports from Cork today. One is the story of a Cork man who paid girls aged between 14 and 16 to pose for, for, pose for child pornography videos and images, uh, which they sent him 
from uh, by, they sent the pictures by Snapchat to him uh, from the UK. The girls were in the UK. He also had material from um, a twelve-year-old girl. She wasn't paid, but those others were. Uh, I don't mean to upset you, but this is actually the world uh, that uh, that we're living in these days. A fellow called Adam uh, Adam Palmer from. Balanhasic. He is awaiting sentencing at Cork Circuit Criminal Court now. Uh, this came to light when one of the mothers um, in the UK became aware uh, that her 14-year-old daughter had been sent payments via PayPal uh, in exchange for sexually explicit images of herself. And the mother called the police um, and they linked up with the Irish Gardaí. And the Irish Gardaí investigated and Cork detectives detectives visited Palmer. Um, And the investigation unearthed seven possible victims, two of whom gave uh, interviews to the police. Now, one girl said that she sent him eight images and 31 videos and he paid her £1,000. Another girl sent him eight images and five videos and he paid her £245. Now, the judge has put sentencing back at the Cork Circuit Criminal Court until next February so we'll have to wait and see what happens with regards to that next um, update on this story. And then there's another one of awful, awful, awful cruelty. And I was reading this online this morning where a 43-year-old man has been jailed for 18 months after he admitted beating his 16-year-old stepdaughter, making her take cold showers uh, and locking her into her room whenever she was upset. It's awful cruelty. He pleaded guilty at the Cork Circuit Criminal Court to child cruelty of the teenager on various dates. All of this was going on between 2013 and 2017. And the young woman said she had to endure an horrific existence whilst living with the man. She said the man moved in with her mother when she was three and only left two years ago. And from the moment he arrived, she was physically slapped and screamed at by him. She says, I remember being showered in cold water in the middle of the night, sometimes being showered with my clothes on. She says she was very young and she'd have meltdowns in the home. He'd slap her and he'd roar at her. He'd lock her into the room with a nylon tie to the door and also tied to the banister and keep her there for hours and her dinner would be dropped up and she'd be locked up again. She says she was treated differently to her siblings who were the biological children of her stepfather and she was excluded from family life Uh, but felt unable to convey her feelings to social workers who visited the family home. And she said her stepfather always put on a good show for the social workers, while she was neglected, lost and worthless. Now, the judge said that the man subjected his stepdaughter, who has ADHD, to extreme cruel treatment over a very long period. And taking the guilty plea into into consideration, um, he jailed him for 18 months and that is absolutely horrifically cruel. And of course, she's living with the consequences of that even now as a young woman. And then there's another one before the courts. Uh, and this is a 57-year-old man. He was the individual who was previously convicted. I remember talking about this on the air. He was using a wire hook to fish money out of church collection boxes. Uh, but eventually he was back in court again, caught in a money laundering investigation um, with live CCTV coverage from a huge house in Romania. Uh, where large volumes of notes and coins of multiple denominations were being counted on a kitchen table. Now, that was the Romanian aspect of this, but the man was living in Cork and uh, had a huge big property and big powerful cars in Romania, a fellow called Chilambar Vassal. Um, He owns a property in Romania um, and apparently uh, there was no mortgage against the house. Uh, It's owned by him. Uh, He was caught in 2021 uh, with an AIB bank card for an account in somebody else's name, right? Um, And when they examined the account over the previous four years, it was established that there was over 
€228,000 had passed through the account. He had no visible means of income. And he told the guardie that his money came from selling the big issue and begging, which would lead you to believe that if you were to believe him, there's big money in begging and there's big money in selling the big issue, which there is not. Uh, He's 11 children. He was in receipt of €455 per week in disability allowance. And he received received €164,000 living in Cork for rent allowance, 164 grand. Uh, he was the guy who was convicted for stealing for church collection boxes and Carrick Tool and Cloyne and Dungarvan and all sorts of things. So he's faced sentencing yesterday for money laundering in Cork in respect of the quarter of a million in the bank account. Uh, and uh, his home is out in Eagle Valley in Sarsfield Road. Pleaded guilty to the count. Um, and uh, there's a lot to consider, says the judge in this one. And sentence will be passed on the 21st of June. Isn't it a bizarre story on so many different levels? It's just so bizarre. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, people who are desperate to leave one country and move to another. This is the hundreds who are missing at sea now when the boat going from Libya to Greece uh, capsized um, and the hope of finding survivors continues to dwindle. We do know that there was uh, anywhere between 500 and 750 people packed onto this tiny fishing boat, uh, packed. And there's actually aerial photographs of them on board before they capsized 80 miles off the Greek court, isn't it, coast. Isn't it absolutely uh, tragic? Uh, the papers also today lead many of the red tops this morning talking about Conor, uh, Conor McGregor, uh, not for good reasons. There are more allegations against him, which he strenuously denies. He, he's facing some Miami heat they're saying in this morning star because he's denied sexually assaulting a woman uh, in a toilet while attending an NBA finals in Miami last weekend. So many of the papers deal with that one, particularly the red tops on the front. And maybe we'll come back to um, the issues regarding this big, huge fence that's been installed around Cork Prison. I was talking to Loretta, one of the one of the residents up there earlier in the week, because apparently the prison service itself, the Irish prison service, has now apologised to the residents for not consulting them with regards to the security fence. Uh, that's that's just an apology, though. It's not going to actually change anything with regards to this eyesore or the issues that the residents are having with people in their gardens. So that's an update to that. Um, there's an interesting one. We have so many vacant shops now, particularly in county towns, that they are considering, and the chief executive of Cork County Council, Tim Lucy, seems to be okay with the idea of um, a motion from the Fianna Fáil councillor, Sean O'Donovan, who says that um, in, in the vacant business premises with the windows, right, there's no business being done in there, that other businesses should be able to display their products in the shops that are vacant. Um, I think anything would be an improvement on the way they are at the moment, I suppose. It'd be a much better thing if there were thriving businesses in there, wouldn't there? With people living over them, perhaps? And there's a lovely story coming from up around Beaumont Quarry area, because up there, there is Old Man's Beard. It's a story in the Echo today. Old Man's Beard is a very invasive, invasive species of plant that does awful damage if it's not left, if it's left unchecked, it'll do all sorts of damage. So um, rather than going in with sprays or pesticides or closing areas off, what they've done is they brought in goats. And as they say in the Echo today, we all know that Cork is the goat, as in the greatest of all time. But a herd of actual goats uh, are now going to be put up there. They might have even already started. Eight of them have been brought on their holidays from West Cork up to Beaumont Quarry to chomp away on the old man's beard. Uh, and, you know, I, I think sometimes when I read headlines, I think, Mother of God Almighty, did he actually say that? Did Kevin Costner actually say that he is homeless? 
considering all of the millions and millions that he has. He's in some kind of a row with his ex-wife. They've parted ways. She won't move out of the property. But yet they say that his estranged wife has left him homeless by refusing to move out of his 135 million euro mansion. No one with a 135 million mansion and millions in the bank should ever use the word homeless. Don't you think? Winner of two golds at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Lots to do this morning, including Father's Day, but I need to pick up from where I left off yesterday uh, and an awful lot of communication from you guys with regards to the state of the city. All of this comes, of course, following the stabbing incident on the Grand Parade on on Wednesday night. Remember I was telling you about the man who was there with his young daughter? She witnessed the stabbing. In fact, uh, Barry Roach in the Irish Times uh, yesterday was talking in quite some detail about it. And forgive me for saying this, I don't mean to upset anybody, but this man, this homeless man, this 32-year-old in a critical condition in hospital had his throat slashed in this violent assault. That's what happened, a throat slashing. I'm going to talk to Paul Byrne. Uh, security is one of his uh, main stories that he covers regularly. He's obviously a Southern correspondent with Virgin Media News. Paul, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Um, we know at this stage, because uh, Garda Press have told us that the man who was arrested um, has uh, has been charged, Yeah. That's right. He's in his 20s. He's, um, he's a man who uses the homeless services here in the city from time to time. He was charged uh, late last night in relation to the attack on Wednesday night. He's in his 20s. He's due before Cork District Courts this morning charged in relation to the attack on the man, the, the victim, who's uh, age 32, I think. Um, he remains in a critical condition in Cork University Hospital. My understanding is critical but stable. And I think at this stage... He will survive. They, they do expect that he will pull through, thank God. Yeah, yeah. Middleton man, I believe, from East Cork originally, yeah? That's right. Um, the, the attack itself was uh, horrific. Um, I actually was on the scene, I think, within 10, 15 minutes of it happening. Um, I received numerous calls from people through social media, um, went in, and what I witnessed was just horrific. I have to pay... Uh, compliment or compliment all of the emergency services who were on the scene there. Uh, This man was lying on the ground. The guards were standing around with um, sheeting, covering um, the the victim as he lay fighting for his life on the ground. Um, But you could see that they were carrying out CPR chest compressions, the man was lifeless, his body was the stomach and chest were going up and down as they were carrying out these chest compressions hundreds of people gathered around looking at this, Um, obviously um, people were taking photographs, the guards took great exception to that and rightly so the guards were telling people stop taking photographs I did take a number of shots for um, social media. However, these were just simply shots of emergency vehicles. We weren't in any shape or form taking shots of the victim as he lay fighting for his life. Yeah, but I, I don't get that. It's getting worse and worse. It's much more pervasive yeah, now, I, people I, with their phones. Yeah, and when people were um, confronted by the guards, they couldn't understand why the guards were asking them to desist from taking photographs. And I was just saying to myself, imagine that your mother or your father lying on the ground fighting for their lives. Yes. And there are the emergency yes. services trying to revive this man. And now, I have to say, without wanting to overly interrupt you, and I know that the emergency services did get there quickly, but before all of that, apparently a doctor and a nurse, according to Barry Roach in the Irish Times, a doctor and a nurse happened to be in the area and stopped the bleeding. Were you aware of that? 
I am. Yes, yeah. yes. There were um, medics on on the scene, and uh, this man um, was slashed in the throat with a bottle, and um, the, the, the blood was just pouring from him. Um, he was found unconscious on on the ground. Uh, a nurse and a doctor on, uh, visiting or walking in the area were first on the scene. Came across him. You know, it, thankfully they were around. Um, you know, they, they were able to help, I think, save this man. They were so quick in their response. And can I just also say, and maybe I'm preempting what you were going to say, but apparently this, this man was saved from another injury because the assailant, it's alleged, was preparing to jab the bottle into his neck, but a passerby, a man, took the bottle from him. That's my understanding. And this guy then fled the scene and he was arrested a short time later, right. very close okay. to, uh, to the area. Okay, okay. Um, but was there, was there another minor incident yesterday? I'm probably jumping from one story to the other. Was that, uh, was that of, of no particular consequence? Um, well, there was two injuries. There was one man, I don't have their ages, but uh, there was a man attacked in Copley Street, which is near uh, the Fire Brigade Station off Anglesey Street. There was another man attacked on the corner of Corn Market Street and Castle Street near the Roundy. Uh, one of them was hospitalised. Both received minor injuries. Weapons Both- involved in those, do you know? Uh, I, I genuinely don't know what uh, what happened. You know, there they were minor injuries. Thankfully, these only one was hospitalised. There will be nothing. Uh, nothing was too serious. It wasn't too serious. But incidents are happening morning, noon, and night. And I know, again, we're talking about a lack of guards on the ground. People were saying Wednesday night, where were the guards? Well, look, Neil, it, it's the system. It's not the guards' fault that they're not patrolling morning, noon and night. There are less guards than ever before. There are less guards signing up to go into Temple Moor. Um, the, the system, in my mind, is completely broken. You're talking about housing being broken. The health system is broken or just the system is failing people. Um, guards are stretched. The budgets are just less and less. You know, it's, it's there's there's no manpower. And on one occasion recently, we were filming in the city centre and um, there wasn't a guard to be seen. And I'll tell you, it was no fault of their own. It was no fault of theirs. They were all tied up in Anglesey Street in the courthouse. And it is a complete and utter waste of time having members go in there. And again, nine times out of ten, a case is adjourned, 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 put back for a month, put back for six months, put back for 12 months. But these guards have to be there just in case that case... And you see that regularly, do you? Because you're covering all of these cases where their their time there would have been a complete waste. It's an absolute scandal. If If that was a business, heads would roll tomorrow morning. And it has to be run like a business. Courts will start at half ten in the morning, Okay, Sometimes judges don't bother rolling in until 11 o'clock. And then they'll call out a list. There are 13 cases listed in the Circuit Criminal Court this morning, Friday. The court will probably start at 11. They'll adjourn at 1, back at 2.15, finish at 4. There's no way they'll get through the 13 cases today. Can I just say on that subject, because I know a couple of judges, as you probably do as well, and I know that the ones that I know, they work very late into the night, really, really late, because they don't just kind of rock into the court unprepared. They could have been in there at 8 a.m. waiting and working and working until half 10 before they actually enter the court, build the actual court proper, you know? Yeah, they are studying um, documentation and probation reports and, you know, psychological reports. But look... If a solicitor or a barrister knows that he is going or he or she are going to make an application to have a case adjourned, I can't see why all of these legal 
people can't go into the judges' chambers and say there and then, I know it's done in open court at half ten or eleven o'clock in the morning, but like, let, let, let the system start where they go in and they meet the judge at nine o'clock in the morning. I want to put that case for Paul Byrne and Neil Prendival back until next Monday. Mm. Grand rubber stamp, off you go. Mm. It would save so much bloody time. Yeah. I remember filming in, a, we were filming in New York with the NYPD a couple of years ago and I, I must say it was an incredible experience. And the first shows the, the unit got was to a guy with possession of crack cocaine okay he was picked up at six o'clock that evening and i just said when he's when, like, like a real schoolboy, when is he likely to be in court and they said oh uh i'd say we'll probably get him in before eight o'clock and the same two day hours two two hours later we were inside in the court and there he was charged banged up the unit, um, you know, just brought him in, handed him over to somebody, and he was banged up. Are you suggesting that we should have a, not necessarily 24-7-365, but extended hours then? Oh, definitely, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, you know, and in fact, we should, we should, we should have a 24-hour court service. I mean, if a guy is brought in and he's tanked out of his head from drinking drugs, well, he can't go in and make a plea or, you know, like put him into the drunk tank. But if somebody is sober, um, after being caught for theft or something like that you know it, like oh Jesus Neil the whole system is leaving everybody down and it's the taxpayer at the end of the day is picking up the tab you, people are banged up they're, they're, they're sent up to Rathmore Road I mean I was talking to two sources last night in the prison service They got, two guys actually rang me and said there's more the, the numbers are at an all time high in the prison service at the moment it's pretty much full it's isn't it it's pretty much full it's bursting at the seams Neil uh, Cork Prison again the, there's people on mattresses, two to cells, people on the floors. Um, some guys, you know, they're, they're, they're saying, who can we let out on temporary release? I, I know of cases, and we know this is happening all the time. They're, they're sent up to court prison. Their sentence might be six months. They go in, they're put through the system. They're back out as soon as they read the paper. Ah, no, surely not that quickly. They might serve maybe a couple of months or something, no? Neil, there's cases where guys are just coming in and they're turned around and sent off, honest to God. Um, I know Simon Harris, the last recently, he mentioned that he was looking at reducing prison time. Like, the minute you go in, if you say for argument's sake, you get 12 months, you go in, you're automatically due a quarter. You get a quarter off that sentence yes. as soon as you go through the gates. Yes. Let's say you're a model prisoner. You're put into work in the, the kitchen. You take up education. You're considered a, a, a model inmate. You might get time off for good behaviour. So you're out as soon as you, you know, in the same time as length of time as it might reach it to, to take you to read a novel. So, you know, do you want... We need more prison, sir. We, we, we need more prison spaces. Mm. We need to improve the court service. We need to make sure that guards aren't tied up over an Anglesey Street for, for cases. It's like... I know people will say, oh, where are the guards? There's no guards in the street. It's not the guards' fault. Their they're, they're, morale is at an all-time low in the force. They want to be out um, doing what they're employed to do, administer justice, walking out in the streets, catching the bad guys. You want to see hobnail boots, yellow jackets out on the streets. But unfortunately, until somebody takes charge and sorts it, we won't have it. You come, you come up to an election time, you'll have fellas knocking on your door. Well, if we're in power, we'll have this, we'll have that, and we'll do this. Well, when they're in power, it doesn't happen. And that's when the person who the politician knocked on the door should go back to that politician. No, I understand. Oh. So you're just breaking up a little bit. No, I understand because you're witnessing it. I mean, I think you said 
said there was actually a priest gave the last, last rites on Wednesday night and you were saying you were saying town was like a ticking time bomb on Wednesday night people coked up to, out of their heads and others openly and clearly on heroin so it is just getting worse right? It's nail. It's getting worse, and it's going to get a lot worse. Okay. And um, you know, something needs to be done. It's um, it's frightening. Really, our the whole system has to be overhauled uh, sooner rather than later. Okay. Because it's, you look at what happens in the states, and it follows over here. You know, within within a period of time, and uh, people are given out there about. You know, they they call a lot of these vulnerable and homeless people zombies. Look, it could be any one of us out there. You know, they fell through the cracks and there just isn't the help. There isn't the, the there aren't the services out there to help them. And um the, the guards want to do their job and unfortunately hands are tied at the moment. Thanks as always, Paul Byrne, Southern Correspondent with uh, Virgin Media News. You can text 0868104106. Cork City used to be such a beautiful, buzzing, friendly, trendy place. I used to love bringing visitors because they were always blown away by the friendly and safe reception they received and such a vibrant city. Great shopping for everyone, but Cork has definitely lost its soul. The Garda are always recruiting, Neil. Less and less people are going into the police service. 20 years ago, people still wanted to be a Garda, but now young people want to be social media stars and stuff like that. Um, People have been commenting on the way Cork City has turned out uh, over the last few years. It takes something like this awful incident Wednesday to bring it home again. Unfortunately, it'll be forgotten tomorrow. And when something else happens, it comes back home again to us, how bad and how terrible um, it is. It's terrible what's happening to Cork City over the last few years. It has become a shadow of its former self. Morning, I'm very concerned about the safety of my child when travelling to Cork on the train. It has come to the point where I'm considering him not participating in sporting events anymore when we're unable to make the trip with him. Why is this allowed to happen and what measures are taken to protect folks from this happening. And one or two more. What do people want? A guard on every street corner? Uh, there was a gig in Musgrave Park the other night. Um, it uh, maybe, just maybe, it takes more guards to watch the 20,000 people at that. People just love to moan. Uh, you will see uh, a guard of presence at these kind of gigs, of course. Uh, you will. Um, for lots of different reasons, particularly safety reasons and traffic reasons and people moving about in, in large numbers. But um, uh, again, you know, that that's all very well. But what people really want to see is uh, Gardaí on the beat, on the likes of Patrick Street, on the likes of Grand Parade. Grand Parade's been a really bad area now. It's become a real magnet for trouble. Apparently the characters involved in this incident on, on Wednesday night had gone off and uh, bought alcohol in a in a in an off license or something, and that's some row then developed over the over the alcohol, and we heard of the knife slashing. Uh, I was driving around the city last night. There was a load of guardy around, including on the Grand Parade. Is this what it takes? Sad to see Cork's gone to the dogs. Don't feel safe anymore. That's just my opinion. Um, and somebody else then critical of guardy uh, only attending GA matches, soccer matches, and concerts. Or hiding in bushes to catch to catch motorists speeding. I'm I'm okay reading that out, but imagine if you were a guard listening to that, you'd feel very depressed and despondent. Uh, if you were instructed to be on duty at a concert, or if you were instructed to be on duty at a speed check, because that's where your boss sent you. Text 0868104106. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818104106. Red FM. We get to the phone lines in a second. Hold on there, Keith. It won't be long. News coming in this morning. Cork Bureau reporting that a man has died after a workplace accident in North Cork. An emergency service rushed to the scene uh, in. Dromina, just outside Charleville, 
uh, yesterday. A man in his 60s suffered an accident while working at a wood yard and sadly was pronounced dead, taken to CUH where a post-mortem would be conducted. Well known in the local area, working as a wood cutter apparently. Very, very sad news. Um, it's Free Food Friday again today, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. I'll tell you all about the food. Um, you probably know all about it at this stage. If you're a regular listener, you also know that you text uh, who you are and where you are uh, to 86 106 and we'll do the shout-outs just after 10 this morning. We'll start them. I'll tell you some more about that. This uh, Free Food Friday with Roosters will feed between 15 and 20 of you. Okay, so more on that in a few minutes' time. But back to our phone lines. Busy Friday morning. Keith, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Um, just picking up on the state of play uh, with regards to the state of our city. Um, you have some observations to make. Go ahead. Yeah, I was on the train, couldn't ring yesterday. I was on the way to Dublin, and um, so I, I really <laughs> listen to your show often. Thank and you. I was um, just thinking, well, you know, w- w- one thing that I came across from yesterday was that everybody agrees that something has to be done, and that's a good, positive thing. We're all on the same side in that. It's just how it's going to be done. And I think it just occurred to me, like back in 2019, when there was the plebiscite for the you know, the local, uh, for, the, um, for the, the elected mayor, and it was voted down. I was completely shocked. It was, I mean, it was only down, voted down by a few votes. Maybe it was a thousand or something. Yes, it was remember. very, very tight. It was, yeah. Yeah, we would yeah, have, like, if it had been passed, uh, anybody could run for mayor. There would be an election, just like a local election or general election, and the mayor then yeah. would be, would be uh, employed for, I don't know, uh, a longer period than a year anyway, maybe three to five years or something. Yeah, and then it occurred to me, like, you know, a lot of parallels with Brexit because it was, like, almost, you know, 50-50. And, um, you know, the, and also the parallel being, like, the, the information was not really clear to us what we were voting on. It was, and it was bundled with a heap of other elections, local elections, general elections. The, the, it was a referendum. I think it was a referendum as well on abortion. Yeah. But also the fact was, I think a lot of people were very suspicious about it because politicians were telling us to vote for it. I remember Simon Coveney being very impassioned about it in this studio, telling people this was the right thing to do. And, and yeah. people don't trust yeah. politicians, you see. That's true. And, and, and you know, I'll be one of them as well. But um, the, the, point, the point was that when the result came and the fact that the people voted against democracy, that was a big shock to me. Like, uh, maybe I didn't have time to research all the ins and outs of it. Well, I suppose we might have been afraid we might have got a Berlusconi or something like that, or we might have got a Boris Johnson or something like that, you know? <laughs> That's the risk, isn't it? But, yeah. of course, you, instead you could have got, like, uh, I don't know, an Alain Juppé in France when they, who, who used to be... Prime Minister. Who stands for, no, for like zero tolerance, is it? Well, kind of, yeah. And, and also he became the mayor of Bordeaux, you see, and then he transformed Bordeaux into an amazing city. Uh, and pe- we need someone who, in my view, who could just stand for a vision of what the city needs and, and unite us all. Yeah, you know, it could be law and order, it could be whatever, it could be the arts. Would help. <laughs> I'd vote for that. Yeah. But the idea that someone could stand on 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 getting one thing through, and because at the moment it seems like it's a gridlock with the way it's operating. You know, the the the, the way the, the council rotates, and then the next party gets to go at it, and then it, it's like a sort of 
the design of the city by committee. Well, it's a different mayor, though, to say, for instance, uh, the mayor of New York, right? The mayor in Cork really is more ceremonial than anything else. Doesn't actually have any powers. Great for photo opportunities, opening right. things, taking photographs. But yeah. no real power, you know. Um, that's right, yeah. The, the power, power really would be with the city manager. Uh, but even at that mm. level, then, the city manager cannot put uh, anything forward that will change the mind of what the police, the Garda Commissioner wants to do if he doesn't want to do it. There's no power. That's right. And and, and also that means there's no responsibility and there's no accountability as well. Yeah. Um, so I think that needs to change. We need to have another, an ex- a well-explained, you know, a, a plebiscite, uh, I hope, anyway. Go again. That w- yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And then this, this time, you know, maybe get not politicians to explain it to us, but, get, you know, some grown-ups... <laughs> okay, appreciate that. Let me let me clip ahead if you don't mind. Thank you for your call, Keith. Have a great weekend. Sharon, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? And I'll talk to Grace in a second. Go ahead. Thanks for your text. Um, share your mm-hmm. share your thoughts. So um, I was coming home from work on a Wednesday evening. I, I finished work at four. I work in a hospital. So I was down by Heartlands Avenue at around 4.20, approximately 20 past, quarter past four. And I'm, I was walking down and this young man comes up to me he was definitely on heroin, God love him, but um, he had no no top on and he said, sorry love, could you tell me where the nearest shop is? So I didn't want to get too close to him, so I just said, go down there by the lock, put and turn right. So I had a rucksack on my back and he put his hand, he tried to attempt to put his hand in around to try to get the rucksack off. And he said, where now, where, when you're saying right now, what do you mean? And he said, that's left and that's right. So I said, can you stand away please? I said, go right. No, no love. And then the phone rang, so I interrupted him. So he's oh, who, who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? He got all kind of agitated. And I said, um, no, it was a friend that rang me. But I told him it was my boyfriend. And he said, and is he here? And he goes, and just by chance, there was a, I just saw a bloke sitting in a, in a black car. And he said, he's there waiting for me in the car. And he just ran. Now, if my, if my phone didn't ring, I don't know what would have happened to me. Oh, my God. That was quick thinking on your behalf. In fairness to you. Yeah, I don't know how where how I came up with this. Was there someone up there looking down at me? It was a good way to handle it. ring me, this, you know, yeah. Oh my God. If that phone didn't ring, I don't know. I've probably been in Amy somewhere. I don't know. You just don't know if somebody is that desperate to get your possessions for you. Um, And when you ring the guards, I just feel that like they say, oh yeah, but did he he hurt you? It's like, no, but he was going to. That's not the point. I'm a girl on my own. Like, you know. And this is 4.15 in the middle of the day. In in the deal. And he went over towards the lock when I told him to go right now. The lock was left and Sleep Valley was right. You know, the lock yourself. Yeah. So yeah. he went and, and there was like old people walking around their husbands and there's teenagers on holidays from school hanging out with their friends. It, can they not do that now in, in broad daylight? Well, you know when he approaches some elderly pensioner who mightn't be great on their feet or might yeah, be slow. exactly. Exactly. Do you know? And this business of or, asking you where the shop was, he didn't want to know yeah, anything. He, he knew, just wanted he, to distract yeah, you, right? Yeah, he knew where the shop was. I'm sorry. Now, if, if, he's, if he's on drugs and living on the street, he knows where every shop in town is. Sorry, now, but he does. Yeah, it's a distraction, you see. That's what it is. Yeah, it's, it's an, and it's an, it's an act as well. And there was, um, there was a young um, girl with him, you see. And how young were so, they, would you think? I would have given him 23, 24, 25 okay, okay. range. That's the age I would what have given What a him. wasted life, oh, unless you can turn off, it around. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, completely off his head, completely off his head. And of course, you'll be on I mean, alert I, now I, from I, now on, won't you? I do, yeah, like, I mean, I was walking home now from work yesterday. And you'd be kind of looking around you constantly going, oh my God, is anyone following me? You can't even listen to your music because, you know, 
you just can't like I you can't have to stay on like, alert so you can't have headphones in yeah you're not admiring the lock or the swans or yeah, the beautiful weather because I mean I think Ashley Murphy's murder in Tullamore was an eye opener to all of us for walking down the street so that's the way I felt yesterday coming home from work after Wednesday I know I know I know it's awful isn't it it really it's is it's awful do you know but when I rang the guards I didn't really get much do you know it's just did he hurt you it's like did he rob something I was like no he didn't but he cut off if the phone didn't ring that's, that's the point in but see if we had more Gardaí right if there was lots and lots yeah. and lots of them yeah. then they would be able to yeah. assign somebody to keep yeah. an eye out and try and find this guy yeah now, but don't then, get me wrong I do feel sorry for the guards because they don't have an easy job they have a very dangerous job there's guards out there getting attacked every morning day noon and I do see it you hear it you yeah. know yeah. so I do I do feel sorry for them and I'd always I'd always stand up for guards I would yeah, and I suppose to some extent it's almost like a pointless exercise because let's say yeah. he was caught, goes into jail, yeah. mitigating circumstances would be a very yeah. serious addiction, uh, a very tough yeah. childhood. Suspended yeah. sentence is all that was re- will result in. Exactly, that's all they'd get. Like, like you'd do, they're just, like they could murder someone and it's like, oh, they were on drugs, they weren't in the right mind. It's like, that's not the point. No, no, I know. No, Listen, they, they're, they're choosing that life at the end of the day, you know. Yeah, but like you know, it's an awful, it's an awful mistake that they make originally, and it's a huge yeah, pace, price to be paid. But yeah. listen, at, at least you're safe, and that was very quick thinking on your yeah. behalf. So well done, thank well done. You. All right, Sharon, right, mind yourself, All take right, care. Grace, good morning. Hi Neil, how are you? I'm very interested to talk to you. That's how I am because you work in the city, so you, you you're there every day, or at least four or five days a week, are you? I am. Yeah, yeah. Uh, four days anyway. Okay. How bad is it? Um, the last couple of weeks, it's gone horrendous. Like it, it's like you know, there's there's a lot of I suppose homeless people and people who are down on their luck. But like it's like they're they're just coming in their droves at the moment. Like they're they're everywhere. Um, like that area there where the incident happened the other day. Like that's that's renowned for it. Don Square. Bishop Lucy yeah. Park, the Peace Park, yeah. areas like that. Yeah, yeah. Donald yeah. Anderson's yeah. Key. Yeah. Um, did you come upon the scene on Wednesday? Um, I did. Uh, I didn't see the, didn't see what happened, but um, I was actually walking over towards Deals myself um, when I, you know, I came upon it. Um, when when I was there, there was like I said, two civilians um, and a couple of guards working on him. No, there's there was crowds everywhere. They were pastors um, by apparently it happened to be a doctor and a nurse passing by. I would imagine so. Yeah. They did look like they knew kind of what they were doing a little yeah. bit anyway. They did. They stopped uh, the bleeding. Yeah, but like it, I'm not surprised that something happened e- either, you know. Like it's it is very dangerous in there at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's two civilians, as I say, um, uh, stopped the bleeding and then emergency services arrived and uh, he was taken to hospital. Uh, you would be working until about 8pm in the evening then. So you get, some, like, you, get an opportunity, nights, yeah. Yeah, you get an opportunity to see things after businesses close. But, Neil, it, it doesn't matter what time of the day it is now. Like, I mean, it, like, it, morning time, it, it's the same, you know. Um, like where I work, um, out the back of our premises, there was a man sitting there one day for, I'd say, the best part of an hour trying to shoot up. Um, we rang the guards, and the guards actually didn't arrive till nearly three hours later when he had gone and all, like, you know, so it's not safe. Yeah, I know. What about the DPD driver? When was this? 
yesterday, uh, was yesterday. it? Yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Um, he was on his way to collect something from us and he he said that he just stopped an old man from being mugged by two fellas. Like, this was yesterday at five o'clock. Do you know? So, like, it doesn't really matter what time of the day it is now. My God, yeah. Some people wouldn't even intervene. They'd just go on their own way, but the DPD driver did. He did, yeah, in fairness. And he's only a young fella as well himself, like, yeah. you know. And, t- and tell me, do, do you work with the public? Like, do, do you have um, sales counters in there where people are coming in and yeah. out? Yeah. 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 And yeah. Do, you, do, are you, do you have problems there? No, well, nobody ever comes in and bothers us, to be fair. They just, you know, but, like, you can see it happening outside. Like, you can see how rough it is, like. If you were a chemist or a, or a centra, for instance, you'd know all about it because they get awful grief altogether. Yeah, 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 no. Um, and thankfully, they don't really bother us um, where we are. Um, but, like, it's, you know, it's it's rampant. Like, it's it's not safe for anyone. And, I like, you know, when there's any kind of, you know, older people walking around, you'd, you'd nearly be kind of worried for them, their safety as well. Like, you know, oh, listen, a trip into town, they'd think twice about that, going in for messages or for yeah. a stroll around. Yeah. You know, that elderly man who was saved by the DPD driver is an example of that. Have you worked in the city long? Um, for about the past four years. Four years, and okay. Not, not, not a huge length of time, but in those four years, you've seen a big difference. Huge, absolutely. It's it, since... Um, Kind of the lockdowns, really. Um, it's the, you know, since COVID and everything, it's it's just gone drastically worse. Okay, and and tell me, tell tell me this: our summer is the summer worse for some reason? Um, I I don't know really. I suppose it doesn't really matter nowadays. You know, like I suppose they have nowhere to go either. Um, so they're all just left kind of wandering around the seat, the streets. But like. It's it's new people every day. Like it's not the same faces you see. I don't know where they're coming from. Well, like, you know all you know, this drinking. You know all of this drinking. Yeah. Clearly, like somebody working in an off license or a supermarket or whatever can can see people buying drink that is off their that's off their heads, right? Why are they selling? Yeah, but Neil, are you going to stop them? If that was like you're only doing your in doing your job, like I mean, you don't know what's going to happen if you refuse them. Do you know? Yeah, but maybe it should be prosecutable offence if you're selling alcohol to people who clearly are in addiction or very drunk. Yeah. You know? Maybe so, yeah. Because it's those that are selling the alcohol is fueling the problems. I understand with regards to issues regarding heroin and amphetamines and, and tablets and crack cocaine and stuff, but alcohol, there's loads of street drinking going on. There is, Neil, but like the, the heroin is a much bigger problem now. Like you can see... Like, even in the mornings, you'd see them walking past and they're perfect. And then you'd see them later on in the day and they're walking around like zombies. They don't even know where they are. Like, I actually don't even know how they get around. Do you know? And it's a vicious like, circle, isn't it? Because that, a lot of that then is being fueled by begging, robbing, or social welfare payments. Yeah. And then they run up debts with dealers and they become dealers themselves. So it's an horrific state of play. Really, it is. Yeah, it is. It is. All right, okay. I'll let you get back to it. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it, Grace. All Take right, care. Thanks, Neil. That's Bye, Grace everybody. and Sharon. Text 0868 104 106 and we'll pick it up after 10. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from 4. Dave Max Drive. Now, the news.
O'Neill Prenderville Show, Red FM. Morning all on a free food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Perry Perry, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So text who you are and where you are to 086 8104 106. Uh, it'll feed 15 of you, certainly, maybe 20 if you're slightly frugal about it. We've got chicken wings, chicken skewers and beef skewers. And then the main event includes chicken wraps and chicken pittas and the most delicious beef burgers basted in the famous uh, Perry sauce. And they've got Perry salted fries, rice and waffle fries. And then all of your mayos and your garlic mayos and stuff like that. And the big uh, finishing treat then is a massive cheesecake. You select your own toppings and you build your own cheesecake. So if you're eating out or getting some food across the weekend, Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So good morning to everybody at GRP Roofing Supplies out in the Tremore Commercial Park. Uh, everybody at Tails and Tubbs Dog Grooming in Douglas Woolen Mills. They had a hard week this week. Quinlan's Motor Factors are listening in Dennehy's Cross and Blackpool. On Post, the South Delivery Office in Toker. For Sharon and all the posties working hard today, the complete upholstery and foam services in Barracks Street, Argos and Maham Point. Uh, only one week left to grab a bargain at Argos, they're saying, because Argos in Ireland are closing down. Darren is at Argos and Maham Point. Would love some lunch because they're closing on the 24th. It would be a great boost. And John Kay from Argos Maham Point got in touch as well. So lots of Argos texts today. It would be a boost for the staff because we're closing next week. To everybody at Barsley Development in Cove and EcoWall uh, could do it a Friday treat in the rain. Rockwell Engineering and Claheen are listening. AOC Commercials and Carrick Tool. Nice treat for everyone for all the hard work being done in the stores and the office and the workshop. ECI, JCB and Carrick Tool at the Hair Factory in Douglas. CQ Business Systems in Wilton. The Irish Girl Guides stand at the Cork Summer Show this weekend. Oh, I love the summer show and it's happening, of course, in Corraheen starting today. Hoyer, Ireland and Formoy. It's the Lassie's 50th birthday tomorrow and she wants her workmates to have a treat before she goes on halls for two weeks. Murview Laboratories in Watergrass Hill, Atkins Farm Machine in Cargrahan, uh, Middleton Credit Union are listening, Northside Tires, Shipping Solution as well. Morning to Andrea and all of the staff. So we'll do some more shout-outs in about half an hour's time. Text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 We got calls, texts and emails after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 Red FM. We were in touch with uh, Garda HQ at Anglesey Street yesterday, wondering if perhaps they might like to talk about, um, you know, issues regarding uh, crime and law and order on Lee side and give people a, a closer perspective as to the workings of Angarda Shikona on Leaside. Uh, they responded, uh, the Community Engagement Office at Anglesey Street said that Cork City, similar to many other cities, has incidents of antisocial related behaviour. Uh, Angarda Shikona here in Cork consistently strive to tackle these issues in a proactive and proportionate manner and when possible, deter such activities by active policing and targeting of areas where the behaviour occurs. This is an ongoing task which we address 24-7 and we provide a policing response for all our citizens and to do so with the support and consent of the people of Cork is important. We also do so in close collaboration with other agencies and stakeholders in the city. Uh, they said that there's a number of ongoing investigations into incidents that have occurred in the city recently. Each will be investigated to their conclusion. We're engaging with victims, their families and witnesses involved in these incidents. We acknowledge the great help and support we receive from members of the public and that is always evident 
even as recent as yesterday evening, which would have been Wednesday evening's incident. At this stage, we would not be in a position to discuss these events any further. So that's the response. Uh, I, I like the part where they say that every single incident will be investigated to their conclusion. Uh, and of course, if you want to, you know, people love to bash on Garda Shikona, and I suppose maybe as an organisation there might be reasons to do it from the top down, but I don't think so with those that are out actually doing the work. That's always been my belief, and I think uh, they're an easy target a lot of the time. If you look at the court reports every single day, you see so many investigations that have been concluded end up in court. Now, the sentencing isn't always of what we would wish it to be, I don't think that's an issue for Ungarda Shikona. It might be exasperating for, for detectives and Ungarda involved in some of the investigations when they see the sentence handed down. But they get to court on a daily basis. We see them. Unfortunately, um, because of the low Garda numbers, uh, it's very worrying because there is more crime. And there's a lot of different types of crime. I could be here all morning talking about scams and fraud uh, and tech crime. And that's another aspect that's also on the increase. So keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. And I'll drill into a lot more of them in about 20 minutes' time. But I want to stay with phone lines for now, if you don't mind. Sean, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you doing? Okay, you wanted to pick up on one of my chats earlier on. A DPD driver stopped these two heads trying to rob an elderly man. Yeah, well, it was kind of a, in a broader sense. I think uh, the the traffic difficulties and the parking regime there's there's the last report on the parking ticket 50,000 a year that's 1,000 parking tickets a week that scares that's going to scare away a lot of trade a lot of footfall a lot of motors going in do their business I think that kind of creates a bit of a vacuum on the streets and we're getting, kind of getting the lower elements coming in and just creating this kind of if uh, people stay away you know, it's yeah. like a vacuum. Something will fill exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, it, is, that a, is that an accurate? Stuff. Is that an accurate number, though? You said one thousand parking fines uh, a week. Where? The, yeah. The, the the city centre. It was on the Echo about two weeks ago. Mick Finn. He's an ex mayor. He even commented on it, and he said this seems more like a kind of a almost like a definite policy. Like a like it's it's become. It seems like a bit of a cash cow. Fifty thousand a year in the city. You 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 um, drilled into the numbers yourself a few months ago, and um, a lot of it was Patrick Street and the South Mall. Oh, I broke down the most. Um, yeah, the, that was a couple of weeks earlier, but this was about two weeks ago on the front of the Echo on a Saturday. No. Fifty thousand a year. That's a thousand a week. That's forty quid a pop. That's about forty grand a week. That's a million plus a year. That's a lot of. A lot of moolah. A thousand parking fines a week from parking, from obviously, you know, traffic wardens. That's a lot. Yeah, they've, they've increased the workforce and they're, they're wrong. But to, it was the DPD driver just struck a chord with me because you had said Patrick Street was where a lot of the tickets are written. And a lot of that is commercial loading days. And you just get an hour in there. Now they've it down to 30 minutes. Mm. You can't get your business done. And they run up and take a photo. I've seen them in action. It's like... Kids with toys run up and take a picture of the van or vehicle, whatever it is, and and off do their bit and back again in thirty minutes, thirty one, you're done. Uh, you may have, you know, people can't get a, guys could be fixing stuff, repairing stuff, service calls, delivery calls. So you're you can't be on a clock like that. But that it strikes me if they. But if you if you had a van, if you had a van, if you had a van and you were in the city, right, um, you could yeah. be doing deliveries to numerous different businesses. Exactly. Right. So yeah. you'd easily go over thirty minutes for sure. You would. Exactly. Yeah. Or guys repairing pipes or fixing alarms or whatever. Somebody fixing an just, alarm it's system. It's Somebody it's in servicing kind of a machine in a business. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It kind of sets a tone. It's like that's is that where their priorities are? Just raising money and parking, especially yeah. from people actually contributing. 
And so I think it's the overall city, that's where the vacuum comes. People now, even trying to get through Cork City now is a nightmare, especially across town. North is from the south side to the north side. On a Friday, you're better off going through Boeing or Any day trying to get over the bridges, even even in the early evening. You're absolutely right. We just got those stats again where it said that 50,927 fixed charge penalty notices were issued by the local authority uh, up to um, this is like you know year on year it's up 30% on the year before so 50 yeah. nearly 51,000 in the last calendar year and yeah. 39,000 in the year sorry maybe and it was 39,000 in the calendar year before it so they are yeah. getting they are getting tougher yeah well it's become I think it's become a racket you know, tell me those people aren't all blocking traffic a lot. It's just a racket to me anymore. Okay, thanks for that. Much yeah. obliged, Sean. Tom, good morning. Morning. Tom's the yeah, brother of the late Con O'Connell, one of the greatest councillors that this city ever had, the great late Con O'Connell. Um, you, you wanted to pick up on uh, the Lord thank Mayor. You, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. And I agree with you totally. He was, yes. a wonder, he was a wonderful, wonderful man. He, he really was. Yes. And his legacy is there because I just had his... I just had his... Um, his anniversary up quite recently there on, on the community group and the response to it still after 16 years yeah. is tremendous. Yeah, he loved his city, but, I um, can tell you that, Tom. He loved his city. He loved the city, he did. And he loved the people of the city. He did, yeah. He which did. is more important, you see, like, um, like the city itself is a structure that he was born and reared in all days. But many years in England, in, um, in Birmingham, but when he... Cork was his place, but uh, the people were his people. Um, you see, uh, just getting back there now, I might have picked her up wrong yesterday because I only got to tell him the thing because about an elected uh, mayor. Yeah, we, we, we voted um, that down four or five years ago, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but there was another, before that, there was another thing was that it was proposed that the person that will be first elected in a particular city or county would automatically become the mayor. Is that no more, it's more likely to be the highest vote, wouldn't it? The highest vote, yeah. yes. Yeah. And it seemed like a good idea to time until the political, the likes of Finna Fall, Finna Gale, thought, hold on a while, Conor Connell is working us out of court here. He's getting massive votes. He would automatically be the mayor of Dave Mack above on the north side. Davy Mack, another great man. Yeah. yeah. Probably not something, yeah. Davy Mack up on the north side. We can't kill, we, we, we can't cope with these guys. But Davy Mack was Lord Mayor. Oh, he was Lord Mayor. Oh, he was, yeah. yeah. But I'm talking about an automatic Lord Mayor. They'd be, that would make him Alderman, wouldn't it? No, all, no. Alderman. My, my brother wasn't, my brother and Davy, Davy Mack. Or the last two aldermen in Cork. Right. Is an alderman the highest vote, is it? Or is the it the highest vote, yes. Uh, so and uh, an alderman and, then would deem to be next in line for mayor? Well no, because uh, obviously that can't be because there's a political pact which Oh there is the, there which, is the pact which but just norm- that. normally if there wasn't a pact that's what would happen. That's what would happen. All right. Okay. Then, okay. Yeah. When the political was like the likes of Sean Martin outside now, like with his, he was in the same constituency as my brother, with his huge machine and massive amount of people who were all canvassing for him. He was dragging that with brother's heels, like, 
you know, he couldn't keep up with Like, the best scenario for us would be to go over the night and have 12 people. We would be delighted if we had 12 people. Mm, not the big political prob- machine that Fianna Fáil would have yeah. behind them, yeah. And probably two cows, sometimes only my cow, but occasionally we had two cows. And we were well aware if we had us. And still to see the vote that he was getting... No, you, you think so? I just, I just need to clip ahead. Is, uh, but you're saying that there's too much horse trading goes on within City Hall, is it? Sure, of course there is. Of course, listen, it's a joke in there, right? All these guys inside, all these guys inside, put a staff off anywhere. Got a living dread of and dirty, right? Got afraid of her. They can't, they won't go near her. Mm. They won't go against her. Mm. They're terrified of her. Whatever terrified of what though sure. like what can they're elected representatives they don't need to be they're afraid elected. like they're the only thing they should be worried about is whether they get elected the next time no no they're, they're not listen they'll say Sean Martin was never going to be anything but a councillor but he has a safe seat as a councillor he'll always be that mm. and he'll continue to get his 25,000 euro pocket money plus his other 15 or so thousand euro expenses. But you can't, you can't, that's that's unfair really because you don't know what work that Sean Martin does in his local constituency. I do, yes. No, you don't. I do, yes. That's my, be... oh, yes, I do. I said that's my brother's con- uh, constituency. Yeah. That's the constituency. My brother's under work in that constituency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how do you my know brother that... Uh, that. Uh, uh, my uh, brother's under uh, work uh, in that. My brother's people in that constituency. My brother looked out to the parks and said... No, I've already made it very, very clear of my tremendous yeah. admiration for the late Con O'Connell. Very much so. And hey. um, knew the man Listen. quite well from working on air with him. But I'm just saying, how, you don't really know how hard anybody else works unless you I, actually I, I work do. with him. I do. I have a good insight into it now because... I went to all the public meetings... When my brother was healthy, right? But after he suffered a stroke and was re-elected, I was his carer. I brought him into the, into the council chamber. Yeah, yeah. Right? I sat behind him because he was... He had only the use of one hand. Yeah, I needed help, yeah. I gave him his papers, told him his papers, gave him his biologists, whatever. Need to be done. Give him a drink of water. Beautiful So thing. I listened. I listened to the... Shavad, that was what I'm inside in that place. Yeah, yeah. I listened to it first time, and these guys, particularly Sean Martin, with his sarcastic remarks and his his dopey laugh. This is becoming a little bit. This is, Tom, Tom, no disrespect to you now or the memory of brother, but this is becoming a bit too personal for my liking. To be honest with you. Well, that's that's okay. We just we just go. There are all a bunch of clowns in there, mate, and they're afraid they'll do nothing, right? They'll take that 25,000 plus the 15 euros. But you're like, sh- surely be to God, some of them are doing great work. Some of them must be. You can't just say the whole lot of them are a shower of clowns. Well, I don't know how they're like, I mean... Maybe the we've system's got a broken. Huge, I don't know. We've got a huge housing crisis in Cork. We've got people begging for homes, begging for houses. Why aren't the council, councillors fixing that? I just listened there earlier on about this marvellous structure from O'Callaghan O'Callaghan That's right, well. yeah, yeah, the Goulding yeah. site, yeah. Yeah. How many how many people working people will get a, 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 will that benefit? 
Yes, I understand that there should be rapid building for all sectors of society. The only point I was making earlier on was that if you give companies like O'Callaghan Properties um, an opportunity to build and to develop areas, they will go for it. They are a business, don't get me wrong, they're not a charity. Right. But they will take they will take a derelict site and they will make it a living area again. You know, the city city yeah, council right. city council used to do all of that, but from higher government up years back, they told all of the local councils, stop building your own houses. We don't need to have to corporations building houses anymore. We'll get the private sector to do it for us. That's what yeah. that's and it's great it's great to see these places being developed, right? Totally. But what is what is soul destroying is to see councils handing property over to these people instead of building homes on them for people that need homes. And they're doing that, and they have done that in the past. Let me get some more calls yeah. on the air. Let me get some more calls on the air, Tom. Thank you for your contribution. Jim, good morning. How are you, Neil? Uh, you're suing City Council well, no, no. because of no. parking tickets? Well, no, I'm just challenging the city council Sorry. because of parking tickets. Okay. Is, is we still know, and uh, I mean, it's all about we're all going forward with the city and trying to get the right things. And Are you getting council, a lot of them, though, is it? I know, so I have a few. I'm the same as everybody else. We're trying to do business in town and you get a ticket. Um, now, most of the wards are 100% are great guys and, and girls are fantastic. There's one or two more right, that should get an award for the amount of tickets they're giving out, you know? They're not, I mean, um, they're so not on a performance-related bonus or anything. They're just... No, maybe. I'd say there's just one or two very good at uh, what they do. They wouldn't give their numbers, no, but definitely one that's 90 and, uh, and nine less than 90 is very good at it. But, uh, I, I came across two of them on the Grand Parade some weeks ago and I had to bring my father into Crowley's Opticians, right? Um, yeah. And I couldn't get a park anywhere, just couldn't, just could not for the life of me. And the whole yeah. idea was that he wouldn't have to walk too far, in fairness to him. So I, yeah. asked, two, I asked two wardens, would it be okay um, if I parked in the, uh, there's a space around the corner on the mall, I think it's a 15 minute set down. Yep. And I said, listen, I, I, in case you think I'm going to be gone for longer than 15 minutes, I won't. It could be 20 minutes. Would that be all right? Or will I have to go out and move it a second time? And I told them about my father and they just smiled and said, that's fine. That's no problem. Yeah, it's fabulous. Do, I mean, do look, what you need to do. We understand. 90% of the traffic walls are fabulous. And we need them in the city now as well. And let's not go down and try to choke them either because some people are very rude about how they park, where they park. And if the wardens weren't there, the city would be a mess. Yeah. To be fair, but the, well, you know, people parking up all day long and just be chaos. Oh, they'd be total chaos, you know, and especially with guys delivering. But maybe did the general public in cars or they're, they're parking all over the place in loading bays and disabled spaces, and then you have disabled people that park their cars all day long. I don't think that's what they're designed for, you know. That needs to stop as well. Everybody seems to be getting a blue badge. That's not fair either, you know. Well, or maybe they should grade it like grade it. I mean. You'd see them getting out of the cars in the disabled spaces and they're running up the road or using their mother's ticket. That's wrong, you know? I mean, people should have a small bit of decency in the city. That would help it as well. Yeah, I mean, we we all see them. Like, we'd all have a story or two regarding people with the blue badge who look absolutely 100% able-bodied. Uh, but I remember doing this on the air and people said disabilities come in hidden fashion as well. So I don't know what to say about that. Well, come on, be fair. If you can get over to the car and you're able to run to do your shopping, go into the car park. Okay, so give, spaces in here as well, like. give me a, a typical, just for let's go, give me a typical day then if you're doing emergency calls in the city. Um, well, we'd, we'd, we'd certainly get a lot of cars parking in the, in the loading bays. 
Um, and it, there's always someone sitting in it. So they, they abandon them there as well, you know. And in fairness, they, the wardens do ticket them. They're very good like that, you know. But there's very little loading bays in the city, so the guys need to leave those open for the, the deliveries and fellas getting in and out quick, you know. If people just left them alone, to be fine. But so you go today now and you see there's, the people are in them. Like in, in Academy Street, they shut down then after three o'clock, which is a disaster for, for loading, you know. Disaster. Like there's not enough of them in the city. Mm. So, but I'm only challenging the council because they have no plan on, on parking. You know, I've asked them about their engineer or their, their future plan for the city and they won't give it to me. Mm. Um, I've invited the city manager into the, the courtroom. She hasn't turned up. Um, I'm going to know again shortly. Hopefully she'll come this time. Why are you going? Why are you in court? Is that a fair question to ask? Well, it's just a parking ticket. Uh, give us a parking ticket and I was in and out doing an emergency call out. Um, the difference of us going in, Neil, if I can get into a property within 20 minutes, if there's a water problem or another problem, it could save 50 grand. Do you know, if there's no parking in the loading space, I pull up the WLA line, I get in and get out as fast as I can. But it stops the damage in buildings. During the storms, where, 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 where it could be roofs falling apart. Yeah, well, that's they're the kind of examples that I want to hear. So you're going to challenge that in court and hope that the judge will uh, rescind it or revoke the fine. Well, yeah, yeah, I think he should come and say he should come into play as long as he doesn't go down and become um, a revenue collector and he realises that Solomon was a judge and he should have take us a note from that, from that guy, you know. And, and have, you, have you successfully done that in the past? Um, only one, but they failed to go in with me. Uh, 18 hours before the case, they wouldn't go in. So I'm, in, I'm up now again next month, so it's hopefully they'll come in we see what it's about okay. let's see what, what the right. council has to do All right. I'll come back here we'll be looking forward and to we'll that we'll okay. see how we go alright take care for now certainly not jail Jim uh, take care of yourself text 0868104106 uh, the first thing you see when you arrive in any European city is police everywhere this is Greg the same can't be said about Cork it's not is it not a little bit easy and convenient for you and the government to blame literally everything on migrants coming over here well if you include me I'm blaming migrants you're 100% wrong pal you're obviously not listening enough uh, there you go we're as bad as Dublin stabbings and drugs uh, another one from Anthony says Simon Harris proposed higher remission time for prisoners when our suspended sentencing policy is scary enough as it is already and our dramatic population increase what we really need is a super prison uh, the Lord Mayor mentioned putting up billboards calling out that we won't tolerate antisocial behaviour I nearly fell off my seat she should be saying that bullets in holes and a size 12 in the hole is what's needed. Um, <laughs> I don't know about the bullets, but a kick up the arse, I suppose, wouldn't be a bad idea from time to time. Uh, but daily, I can't come on here, but daily you hear people saying that they won't go to the city because there are junkies shooting up everywhere. This is someone's daughter, someone's son, mum, dad, uncle, auntie. They are people who have addictions. So using the name junkie is shocking. How about helping these people? But no, because there are no services. The rehabs that are here have long waiting lists. How about the government answer how the drugs got into this country? There are families behind these people who have addictions with no services available. Stop blaming people. Stop calling them junkies. Blame the government allowing drugs into the country. Even look at Cove, where big ships are coming in. No one is checking their baggage. They're walking off the ships and we all know it. They could be bringing in drugs. Can't come on air. But name-calling is horrendous. Horrendous. They are addicts and they need help. Cork is bad, Neil. Take a walk down Robert Street, down the side of Penny Dinner of Penny's Shopping Centre. This is there's human poo on all the back door entrances to the shops. That's the lanes of the city. We should be fondly remembering our lanes of the city. They're no-go areas. Uh, they're selling drugs from a house on Barrack Street day and night, and there's nothing done. 
these people then go to and from their council house just around the corner and not a job between them. Uh, there are both kids and adults involved in this drug dealing. The guards come and pretend that they're checking them out and looking for their supplies, but it's all a front. It actually makes me think that the guards are uh, <laughs> in collusion with the dealers. Give me a break, will you? You should see the toilets in Duns on Patrick Street. There is drug dealing and drug use all of the time. The staff there continue to find needles on a regular basis. Uh, morning, the army can go on the streets. They just need to wear a different uniform. We should use the army, but call it a social protection unit. There's lots more like that, so keep them coming. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. Okay, just some more text and then back to calls. It's not only the city centre. It's happening in Toker Park. About two weeks ago, I was in the park with my grandchild at 7 o'clock in the evening. I witnessed a gang coming in with balaclavas and hurleys and bars all hell broke loose, loose, big fight between two gangs. Now we will never go to the park again. You don't feel safe in your own park in broad daylight. What's going on? Uh, that's another example of lawlessness. Another one, I just couldn't believe my ears when I heard the Lord Mayor saying that we should have more signs around the city to deter people from crime. Is she for real? What an insult after saying that they spent taxpayers' money to go to Lisbon to gather data. We don't need elder people now running the country anymore. They are out of touch with today's world. We need new, fresh eyes and ideas of these things. People that have actually grown up through these times. Um, They never answer questions, you ask them. Uh, The Lord Mayor went on rambling, saying we aren't as bad as Dublin, but who cares where is worse than Cork. We live in Cork, not Dublin. I'm a 33-year-old man. I'm fit and able. I was in town this week for a doctor's appointment and the and it's the only reason I'd have gone into town. It is disgusting. The people on the streets, uh, the only people on the streets anymore are those out to cause trouble. The only people in town to do good are inside the shops and businesses at work. Why would you want to go to town when you can go to Mahan, Wilton, Blackpool Shopping Centre, where at least you know you won't be stabbed or robbed? I haven't got the answers, but I'm being, I'm, but I'm not being paid to give answers. The politicians are. It's the same as you going to work and sitting there uh, and expecting to be paid for doing no work at the end of the week. You are meant to be paid for doing your job, but they are not, yet they keep looking for the money. Uh, my, another one, my girlfriend works in the subway behind the Peace Park and is having to deal with addicts every day, bursting into the toilets, leaving needles, destroying the loos. They are brazenly taking drink out of the fridge and walking out. Anytime the guards are called, it takes over an hour. I do worry about what she has to deal with, just trying to earn a living. Um, Don't give them my details. Last Friday, I witnessed, along with over 100 other people by the courthouse, a fella got off a bicycle, walked up to three guys sitting on the steps and tried to take their alcohol. Um, He beat the living crap out of one of them, took his alcohol, went away, then came back, did the same thing again to another group of students. I heard a bouncer in one of the bars in Washington Street comment that that guy's nuts. He terrorises everyone in the city. Everyone's afraid of him. Uh, lastly, the new place to buy your drugs openly all day from mid-morning to late afternoon is behind the Mercy Hospital. It's been going on for months and there isn't a guard in sight. Interestingly, though, um, you say that this happened on the steps of the courthouse. Uh, how in the name of God is it even permissible for anyone to be around the courthouse? Yeah, I'm assuming you're talking about the Washington Street courthouse drinking alcohol and not being stopped or the alcohol not taken off them. I mean, it's like as if it's almost kind of, well, it is tolerated if it's happening. Uh, the guards are not the solution. They know who these guys are. If you want to know the two to 300 main culprits, call into the district court. Uh, and within months, you'll see the same people, same, same people coming in again and again. 
We need more prison spaces with post-prison support for those who engage with rehab and get clean while in prison. It's very difficult to get clean in Irish prisons when drugs are freely, freely available. And somebody else suggesting we should have electronic anklets to curtail non-violent criminal behaviour rather than locking people up. Uh, and if it's the law that is the obstacle to their introduction, then hold a referendum and change the law. Uh, just one final one. To think, uh, to even think that we have an army is ridiculous. Oh, this is, um, I think this is quite unfair actually, but it's coming from somebody who has been in the Defence Forces for a long time um, and says that all too often, way too many in the army are unfit, untrained and are led by well, I won't use the word, uh, but it's criticism of those at the top ranks. Other European armies are just at a different level to ours. Professional, trained, and they want to protect their country. We do have good special forces. They're the only real soldiers in the Irish army. And the people who disagree with me have no idea what they're talking about. I was in the defence forces for a long time, and I know what I'm saying with regards to the so-called Irish army. Um, I'm not reading out much more of this text, to be honest, just highlighting a few of the points because some of them are very, very, some of the points are very, very hurtful. Uh, so enough said in that amount. Text 0868104106 and we'll come back to all of that. Can I just say as well, big day today um, for a lad by the name of Warren Broderick, who's getting married today. Um, and this text is an hour old, so my apologies. He was, when the text was sent, sitting down, having a hearty breakfast. <laughs> The last meal of the condemned. <laughs> anyway, getting married today, so have a great day, Warren Broderick. And whomever it is that you're wedding, I don't know who it is, but good luck to both of you. Um, actually, you know, you talk about people getting married, and uh, I don't often do this, but it segues quite nicely. Somebody found a wedding ring, and there's a date inscribed on the inside of it. Um, I'm going to drop it off to um, a, a Garda station, but before I do that, if maybe somebody's listening has lost it, they may contact you and save me the trip. So <laughs> I'm assuming... They lost it. <laughs> Just didn't get rid of it. Anyway, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. I'm only having a laugh. It's Father's Day this weekend and we have some lovely prizes to give away uh, for dads out there and I've been encouraging you to tell your stories of your dad as to why he would deserve one of our prizes. We have uh, a family lunch, two adults and two children for the New Yorker bar and restaurant at the International Hotel. We also have Sunday lunch for a family, two adults and two children at the Met, at the Metropole. And we have the Uni Pizza Oven, which is an incredible bit of kit. It's worth about €400. Euro. Um, and it's a pizza oven for the garden. You prep the pizza, bung it in the pizza oven, Pizza's ready in 60 seconds. And that's from Hanley's Garden Centre on the Kinsale Road roundabout. So your calls, texts and emails with regards to uh, the best dad. We're looking for Cork's best dad. So let's get straight into it. I'll blast through as many as I can between now and midday today and jump in another store, other stories as well. But Sarah's first up to get the ball rolling. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. So let's plough into it. Tell me all about your dad, John Connolly, the retired guard. Okay, Neil. So I suppose a lot of people would know my dad. He's originally from Glengarry in West Cork, and down there he's known as Noel, Noel Connolly. But in the city here, he um, he had a more appropriate name of the guards back in the day, so he he, get, he used his second name, so it's John in the city. So my dad, we known to a lot of people, Neil, I suppose, from nearly 40 years' service, um, being on the streets of Cork on his beat. Um, he was in McCurtain Street Station for over 20 years. And then he was followed on with that close into Watercourse Road um, until he retired a couple of years ago. And 
I'm not just saying it now being biased, but I, my dad, I've heard it from so many people as well, was one of these, he was one of the guys that really gave the guards a good name because he was really a very, he's a very compassionate and understanding guy. You could go to him with any sort of problem and he'd try and hear your side out before he looks at any laws or anything else. He wants to be empathetic and understand where you're coming from. That's the kind of person he is as a, as a person before I even mention him as a dad. Oh, lovely. But yeah. Old-fashioned coppering, they call it. Old-fashioned. He's really old-skinned, old but very, very decent. And, and I suppose very hard work for Neil, my dad. When he retired from the guards, we were all saying, what's he going to do? Because he was working long, long hours when I was growing up. And then he, he all of a sudden had this free time, so he kind of turned his hand then to gardening and painting. Now, my dad is a fantastic gardener. I actually sent in some clips. Kevin might have seen him of our garden and out in the garden with the kids, but he gardens an awful lot for himself and he might go to the family's garden and friends' gardens. But I actually have had my own three kids, Neil, in the last five years. They're all five and under. And my dad has taken my oldest guy, Jacob, who's almost five, as a, 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 an apprentice, you could say. When they're out in the garden now together, Jacob has had to get top of the range toy, Fisher Price lawnmower. He's cutting the grass next he to He dotes on the grandkids, does he? Oh, my God, yeah. He's a professional ice cream eater with the grandkids, I hear. Oh, professional corn, and it has to be the real cornettos. He won't settle for any of the other stuff. My dad, if he sees the algae cones in the fridge, he's saying, why didn't you get the, the real? <laughs> he's right, because they're too bloody small. <laughs> He's right. And he, he loves an ice cream with the kids. And I mean, they have him tormented. Only last night he's trying to dig up a root of a tree that's out in the garden and it's all the way to China. And he's trying to dig it up and the kids are throwing grass on his head while he's doing it. They're flinging muck and turning on the hose and everything. Is getting- I've so seen the videos. I really, I'm, I'm, te- I'm desperately jealous of your dad's lawnmower, incidentally. <laughs> I, would you tell him that it's way too big for that garden and I'd swap him? <laughs> I know, I know, yeah. Well, there's another there's another garden out the front, but that's a different story. He needs to scarify the lawn and everything. Oh, for God's, God's sake. That, that, lawn, that lawnmower would do a couple of acres, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you now, Neil, he does a lot of work with that lawnmower because he don't be just in our garden, he'll do neighbours' gardens. Fair play to him. That's the kind of person he is. But I just wanted, when I heard yesterday, I just said, look, I'd love to get on just for a couple of minutes and mention him because we're kind of the daughter and dad that I wouldn't say to him every day, like, Dad, I love you or your great dad and great granddad, we appreciate you. But when it comes to times like this, then, and you can kind of put a gesture out there, I just think my dad, I know I'm biased, but he's a legend, a great granddad, and he's a great friend to many in Cork. Many will know him. and. I just, I love him to bits. And I just wanted to get on and say well thank said. you million for everything well he does for me and the kids. Thank you, Sarah, the great John Connolly. Keep those stories coming. Dennis, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Follow that for Father's Day on Sunday. We're looking for Cork's best dad. Go ahead. Well, I'm primarily doing this to spite my wife because um, she doesn't want to encourage the behaviour I have with the kids, you know. <laughs> so basically, um, yeah, like they bring out the biggest child in me, I suppose, my tree, um, I'd send in a few bits there to, to research it there, I've, I suppose I ballet danced my way through lockdown with my, my daughter <laughs> when she was practising, um, because she had to do it at home, you know, so... That's modern parenting, through. that's modern parenting for you, you wouldn't have found the old style dad's ballet dancing. <laughs> no, she was too shy to do it herself at home, um, on the video call, so I had to step in with her and, you know, do my peelers and my butterflies and all that stuff, you know. Um, is there any recording of that, is there? There is, but that one's kind of hidden away. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there was one that came in to uh, We were in Spain there a couple of weeks ago, and she walked me into playing Wendy's dad in a Peter Pan performance in the hotel. <laughs> so, Off on stage. I, 
kind of took it, it kind of took it on the chin and done my rehearsal and went up and danced in front of an entire hotel of parents and <laughs> I could just I could just hear my daughter at the side of the stage screaming up, "That's my dad! That's my dad!" Um, <laughs> My my other little girl, and she's two. Um, I, I obviously you know she's just kind of getting to, getting to grips with the world at the moment, and I think she probably thinks I'm the daftest human being she's ever come across. In, you can in dance, the though. You know that. I've seen the video I, of you. I've seen the video of you in the Peter Pan production. You are a good dancer. Yeah, yeah look, the, the things you have to do for the kids, like in, in pushing forty no needles, so the the bones aren't working like they used to. You know, <laughs> so. <laughs> um, then I was on with you as well a couple of months ago um, just in regards to a passport my son was trying to get over to a Man United match there you might remember for his birthday so did that happen? Was, uh, no we didn't actually get the passport but what I did do was I left flights or the seats on the flight for Ryanair empty and I went and got a flight from Dublin with Aer Lingus that I didn't need a passport from so we got oh, there in the end you anyway got you know there. clever thinking yeah, yeah. Um, so we got that done and apparently I'm his hero as well you'll <laughs> always remember that and that's what it is yeah definitely you know? Definitely, but I suppose you know you can make you can make thousands of memories, and what they don't realise then is that dad is waiting probably the last week of every month to get paid. <laughs> You're, I think you were saying that you're building up the brownie points so they don't put you in a nursing home. <laughs> That's exactly it. They're going to be choosing the nursing home, so I just have to make sure that I have sure a collection a of videos and photos to show them, so they'll make a very informed decision. You know. <laughs> Great one. Uh, well, listen. What if you you know you're bigging up yourself as a dad? But if you don't do it yourself, then uh, you know don't wait for. Oh, like else. I said, my, like I said, my wife doesn't want to encourage this behaviour. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Dennis. Keep those calls coming and texts as well. Cork's best dad. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Get on the air. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. Red FM. Got a lovely text actually regarding Johnny Connolly, a.k.a. JC. The Befimbar said he was the best guard ever in Cork, bar none. His empathy and compassion was unbelievable and Watercourse Road lost a diamond when he retired. Isn't that a lovely thing to say? Well done for it. Back to the phone lines we go. Julie, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm well. Now, your dad, Bertie, really stepped up to the mark when you guys were very young. Tell us about he, that. He did, of course. He did, um... So he's 73 at the moment, Neil, and I'd say about 23 years ago, our mother walked out and the whole lot of us. That's awesome. Yeah, it was hard, so it was, and it broke his heart. How young were you all? Like, how old were you? I was 12. Um, my youngest brothers, they were two and three at the time, and the oldest sister, she would have been 16. Right. And, yeah. and do, do you recall it? I remember it, yeah. I remember the day that she did leave and it was hard, to be honest. She just, we just didn't fit into her lifestyle anymore and it wasn't anything he did or we did. It was just, she just didn't want to be there. And did she sit down and tell you all that? No, she didn't really. I just remember her saying to my dad that she didn't want to be there anymore. She just wanted to be out with her friends out socialising in the pub and basically we didn't fit into that anymore. Go way out that. And any contact afterwards? Um, here and there for a little bit but she never made efforts wanting to bring us with her to include us in her life okay. or anything. All right. I wonder if she yeah. went on to really regret that decision. I don't know. She only lives about 10 minutes away. All right. Um, okay. Like okay. We're all grown up now. I'm 35 now. And so your dad five. then was left with the rearing while also farming, Yeah. 
Yeah, and the farming, everything, the rearing and... Seven of you? Everything. Seven of us, five girls and two boys. And you can imagine it must have been really hard. How, I did, remember, how did he manage? Go ahead, yeah. I remember the two boys being so... And him having them up in his hips, lifting them down the road, because my grandmother used to live down the road. And, yeah, we just wanted to come on today and just thank him so much. He's actually listening this morning, Neil. Oh, I wasn't aware he was listening. If I had been aware of that, I probably wouldn't have asked so many questions. My apologies for no, that. No, that's yeah. okay. That's yeah. okay. But he's listening. But we just want to let him know that he's amazing to us. And we're not going to type a family that tell each other that we love each other. But we love him to bits. Yeah. And yeah. everything that he's after doing for us. Yeah, it's, it's a, you, you raise an interesting comment, actually, there as to whether dads of this generation versus dads of generations before actually told people, particularly their children, that they loved them and that they were proud of them, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it was really the done thing way back along. Yeah. But they did, it with, they did it in their actions, didn't they? Yeah, 100%. And he did. He did. He stood up to the mark. And at the time, obviously, he was going to crumble, but he didn't crumble for us. So who did all of the meals and, and the washing and the and the cooking and the buying of clothing for seven children through their lives, growing at a rapid rate. Well, he did, and my older sisters and my aunt, Noni, was living down the road. She helped out, and my grandmother was there. We all just pulled together. Do you oh, know? my God. Is you, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you look back now, it seems like, I don't know, it just, no words can explain. Proud, I think you would feel very proud of him. Very proud. And even now I have my own kids now and I look up to him so much and all my sisters and brothers do. He's amazing. He sounds as if he's an amazing man. And now, a little later in life, how does he spend his time? He goes to matches. We bring up the grandkids to wreck his head. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's, he loves road bowling, mad into the road bowling. Is he a well. road bowler, yeah? He is, and we all are. We, he used to all have us road bowling years ago. Is it still popular? Or is it dwindling in popularity? I think it's kind of dwindling. But when we were younger, he'd have us out road bowling out the roads, and yeah. we'd be winning competitions, medals, and trophies. Oh, and wonderful my memories! Sister, my older sister Emery, she went to Germany with um, Bowl coming here, and so she did. Fair play. Well, the apple didn't yeah. fall far from the orchard there. So is he? Yeah. Is the and what about the farm? The farm, yeah, he um, the farm is still there. He just rents out the land. Oh my um, god, that's amazing! Yeah. That's amazing. He's amazing. What a beautiful, beautiful story! I'm so delighted you called to tell us about Bertie Keller, who certainly did step up to the mark. But it was a mark that was dominated by love. Really, at the centre of his world was no. love of his children, wasn't it? He was a hundred percent, and we're so we're so appreciative of everything he did for us. So He's Father's amazing. Day is a special day in your family every year, I'd say. Very special, very special. That's a wonderful story. Do say, stay listening for the next hour, Julie, whatever you do. And thank you for sharing that story. Lovely, lovely. Thanks for watching, uh, thank Lovely you. story, thank you. Very, very difficult times. But you came through it with love um, and, I suppose, uh, a father that anchored down the house and just drove on in spite of the hand he was dealt. Text 0868104106. More calls, texts and stories like that after 11. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Now, the news.
Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. On a free food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Perry Perry, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. You still have about 20, maybe 25 minutes to text who you are and where you are. Uh, you may well be picked for Free Food Friday today. It'll feed between 15 and 20 of you. Uh, so get your text in and there uh, could be some serious nosh coming your way for the Red Patrollers this lunchtime from Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. Uh, morning to Craig and all of the gang at Pat McDonald Paints on the Commons Road. Rapid Prostate Cancer Clinic and Orchard Centre would love food feeding today for all the work that they do. Irish Express Cargoes in Dublin Hill are listening as well. O'Regan Tarmac and the Quarry Products would love feeding. They're working hard today and starving with the hunger. Uh, please pick us, Focus Ireland, especially from Mary. It's her last day after 15 years to all of the operations and transport staff at National Seaways at the Port of Tivoli to Cummins Sports on the North Main Street. Long week in retail. We could do with some piri-piri to spice up our day. Dairy Gold Accounts Payable Department, Countryside Montessori Preschool in Donnerail uh, for their year-end, I suppose it's going into the summer season, so they're having their end-of-year celebrations. To the firefighters down at Anglesey Street, the endoscopy unit in the Bonsecours Hospital would love some feeding. Everybody, at Ma- Lots of texts from Mahan this morning, actually, from Argos. Uh, not just Mahan, but I think also... Blackpool as well, maybe. But Maria is at Argos and Maham Point. They're closing on Saturday week, the 24th of June. Patients, admissions and accounts of the South Infirmary. Kildarri school teachers, as they have to put up with so much work uh, for the school musical with the kids that's running for three nights. I wonder what the musical is that you've picked. Prophotonics in Little Island and Balancholics Tesco home delivery drivers who are getting soaked but are still smiling. So more of those shout-outs in about 20 minutes, half an hour's time. Text who you are and where you are to 86 Roosters Piri Piri could be heading your way this lunchtime. Calls after the break. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. What? Red FM. About the gifts then for Father's Day that's coming on Sunday and how much should be spent. The Irish Sun said recently that according to uh, research they did, as a rule of thumb, they would say anything up to 20 euro is a great place to start a 20 euro gift don't know how much you'd buy for 20 euro but here is a selection of some of the ones that we came across gifts for Father's Day a book of dad jokes a goofy dad shirt with a funny pattern on it maybe a Hawaiian shirt or something like that Uh, something for DIY like a new tool for the kit or a mini pen knife for a gardening tool a coffee subscription I've got one of those. My son gave me that and it's fantastic. And every month, Velo Coffee send me a different coffee blend home, the beans, and it's great fun when it arrives. Um, some, uh, one, one or two more. A new golf shirt or his GAA team's polo top or his soccer team's training top. So something sporty. A pamper set, like a body wash, moisturizer and things like that. Oh, incidentally, this isn't on the list, but you could get him a shaving subscription, uh, which would give you a monthly delivery of blades, shaving cream and moisturizer. Have you seen those? I have, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, you can yeah. just get the blades and they arrive in the post every month in a small little box, maybe three blades in them. Don't know the we're, company. We're, we're simple creatures, aren't we, Neil? <laughs> What about <laughs> breakfast in bed? You can buy him a no? shirt or a shave. <laughs> breakfast in bed, like the full Irish, is it? Oh, full Irish, yeah. Full Irish Sunday morning. Yeah. All day long I go all for that. All day long, yeah. A yeah. new car air freshener. 
cheap. <laughs> that would be cheap. Um, we have a few out there if anybody wants to pop in and collect them. <laughs> if, you're running, if you're running out of ideas, we'll give you a free air freshener. Wrap it yourself. A luxury shaving set. Uh, how about a bottle of Old Spice? It's still selling very it, well, Old I, Spice. They, come here, the, the ads are flying for it. They're all over the place. Yeah, or maybe what was the other one that we used to have in our team? Brute. Bottle of Brute. Or Hugo Boss. Something. No, 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 but way before Hugo Boss, it was in a green plastic bottle. Brute. <laughs> Do you know if it comes in a green plastic oh, bottle, it's it. going to be yeah. quality, don't you, Neil? We thought we were uber cool. <laughs> Barbecue tools gift set. A printed photo of you in a frame, the two of you together. Whiskey tumblers. A dad hat. Any kind of hat. Slippers or a dressing gown? No, no. not to be recommended. Um, I just think it, it's, it just kind of defines the person. It's if a bit old-timey, isn't it? It's, it's kind a bit of like, like, let me just get your pipe there now. You're your shagged. Your smoking Here jackets. are your slippers. Yeah. <laughs> Spending a day together, going into town for a spin or going for a walk, finishing up with a nice lunch. Uh, a pair of socks. Ah, come on. No. What dad socks? Like what? Like no. funny? A set of I, funny I, socks? I, I, and I look. I'm the only one here who isn't a dad, so I'm, I'm the least qualified to speak about dad presents. But I'd imagine, and you can, you guys can back me up on this. Would you rather uh, a day out with your kids, or would you rather like a good day out with your kids, or would you rather a pair of socks? Socks. A pair of socks. <laughs> I actually last year I got I I got a set of hairy baby monster socks. Those kind of ones. Yeah, yeah. they're cool. Yeah, I actually, really from that. No, you see, it's fine for you. You you have socks and they never disappear, right? We you can just we buy socks and bennies and they disappear. You can never have enough of them, like jocks. Or or for instance, I was going on holidays recently. I went down to. Tesco, right? And I bought, I don't know what is it, like four white t-shirts and four black t-shirts. Do you know how many of those I now have? One. One, <laughs> one black. My son doesn't even live with me anymore. One t-shirt. I have no idea where the other two are. missing. I don't know where they go. Do you think, do you think, do you think your wife doesn't like them? Is she, just, is she just surreptitiously throwing them in the bin no. when you're not looking? Is that what's going they on? They look at me like as if I have two heads when well, I, I, where I, are they all gone? I find it, we've just, we've just heard about the amazing memories that kids make with their dads and the, you know, the, the, for, the never, the, you know, the days out they'll never forget. Not pair of socks. Pair of give me, socks. Give me a pair of socks. All day long. Any day. Okay. Or Red FM gift set and pen. <laughs> what everybody's forgetting, of course, is a case of beer. The perfect I just, gift. I just, I just find it's like, what does your dad want? Golf, barbecue, beer. Basically, that is that is men defined in three words. That'll do it. Keep them coming, guys. Ideas for Father's Day. What gift should we be recommending on air? Text 0868104106. Rita, standing by. First up, Miriam, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Good morning from sunny Bambridge in Northern Ireland. In the county down, isn't it? in the county down. Oh, what a beautiful part of the world. Listen, <laughs> your dad, Ted, literally saved his wife, your mother's life. That's correct. Is it, and you were in... On the 29th of July last year. In, in Cork, though. So explain in to me Cork. how that happened. So I'm originally from Cork. Um, I have been living up here for the past 19 years and we were finally getting a weekend away with some friends um, since COVID. So mum and dad were on babysitting duties. I, we had literally just dropped the kids off to Cork, excited for a weekend in Clonakilty with the gang. And um, we literally had arrived in Clonakilty and um, my parents were looking after my daughter, who's 11, and my son, who was 13 at the time. Yeah. And um, my mom had gone out the back to sit down after eating some lunch. And um, my daughter had noticed she looked a bit funny in the chair. She said, my daughter's recollection is that her face went a bit square and she called my granddad straight away and um, 
my mum was unresponsive. So my father immediately initiated CPR and um, managed to um, keep my mum going until the emergency services arrived. So With two distressed children, worried children. Two highly distressed children who um, my, don't get me wrong, I know this is a Father's Day competition and it's all about my dad today, but my children idolise my mum and they're very close to her despite the distance, you know, um, geographically there's no distance between either my mum or dad and they, they love her and they were highly distressed and somehow, some miracle, my father managed to compose himself, um, obviously thanks to the help of the emergency service as well who were keeping him going on the phone. And, um, he never gave up till to, they arrived. No, sir. Never, no never gave up. So he had about 25 minutes of constant CPR until the, the emergency services arrived and initiated defib. Um, she had, had a heart attack, had she? Attempts. A cardiac arrest, Neil. Cardiac, a full cardiac arrest. A full cardiac Gone. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, oh um, as I said, we had three and a half weeks of, of very scary times in ICU. She was anointed on two occasions. Because um, even in CUH, the, she had a further five cardiac arrests. She had a further five cardiac arrests over those three, three and a half weeks. God, it was so, a very touch and things, go, wasn't it? It was, Neil. There's, you know, there's no, there's no other way to say it. And I'm sure she's probably listening now because <laughs> I text them to get on the make sure they were listening. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, not to frighten her or anything, but I mean, it was a very worrying time. But she was in great hands. She was in the team of Roland Curtin. And all his team there in CUH and the ICU team who were absolutely phenomenal. And um, thanks to them and their efforts and the prayers of everybody. And I suppose initially my father's CPR and managing to be able to do that for a loved one. I mean, I still get shivers down my spine when I think about what he did and how he managed to save my mum. And um, she's alive today doing wasn't well. It wasn't, it wasn't it lucky that he knew how to administer CPR? Well, it was, and it just goes to show how important it is, especially in this day and age. We all need to know these life-saving skills. But, you know, sometimes even knowing things, it doesn't really matter. It's having the bravery to be able to do them. Because, so, yeah, because yeah. it's a loved one, people do go into shock and they don't know how to to do it because when emotion comes into play... You could freeze. You know, all our skills and... Our, I know our, what you're saying. You could freeze. So, and so I suppose that was the greatest gift that your dad could ever give you. The absolutely greatest gift I could ever, and he's 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 done some pretty amazing gifts down through the years. I've been very lucky, very spoiled by mom and dad. They're very generous to me and to my children. And um, but this, I mean, I, I, you know, it, it's taken mom to, a while to get back on her feet. Obviously, physically with everything that went wrong. Yeah. Um, but for ourselves, emotionally and the fear at the time, and my goodness, people were so good. Uh, to us, family and friends, we we couldn't have got through those. And those, let 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 us not forget your eleven year old daughter, whose name I don't know, that she noticed Eva. some well, Eva that she noticed Eva. what is Ava is it? Ava, that's right. That Eva. she noticed that something was wrong with Granny and ran in and she got did. Granda. She did. Clever and girl. You know that the timing of all these things are so crucial at the time, um, and it was that immediate. Uh, knowledge and awareness that she demonstrated and to have the sense to call for help because she knew something was wrong. I totally agree. And, um, yeah, yeah. You know, so two very, very special people in my life and, and thanks to them both, um, I still have my mum. What a beautiful story. So Thank you for sharing today, that. Today is a big day, Neil, for me because <clears throat> I'm actually leaving my job here in Banbridge and I'm coming back to Cork. <laughs> for good? For good. 
Right. We're, we're packing up. We're packing up everything. It's kind of bittersweet, so um, is it today for you? It's, it's bittersweet, Neil. It's, we've had a lovely life here for 19 years. It was always the plan to come home, but um, these life-changing events do put everything into perspective. Well, so, they do, but um, also it's we're, lovely we're that you. Yeah, but it's also lovely that you. You say it was always a lifelong dream to come home. It's great to have uh-huh. that dream come true. I'm delighted for you. It is amazing. It is amazing, Neil. So lovely story. You, you sound like a lovely thank person. You. Thank you, Miriam. Oh, thank you, Neil. Thank you. God bless you. Take care. What a great story from Bambridge and the County Down to her dad, Ted Philpot, down west along. Rita, good morning. Rita now is in bits, Neil. Why? Oh, God. But I have to tell you this story. But, uh, well, it's, uh, it, it's amazing the journeys that we take in life, isn't it? Uh, I know, and, and the way things happen and who you meet, who you're going to marry and where you meet them. Were you, would you, were you widowed very young? I was. I was 39. And your husband, he went, was it, was it sudden? He was 42 when he got a massive heart attack and died. Children? <clears throat> Four. <clears throat> My God, that must have been tough. Heartbreaking and it tough. It was bloody tough, but we got by and, and there was no penny dinners and yeah, yeah. paying for your house and we got on with it. There were times when, it, when things were short. Yes, but we still had enough. We made do. And where did you meet Joe then? Well, now, first of all, I'll tell you about coloured socks. Now you were talking about <laughs> socks there for Father's Day. Can't get enough socks. <clears throat> Can't get enough socks. But this man was in the English Navy for 27 years. And he was a black or a navy sock. But a few years after I married him, my daughter bought a packet of Calvin Klein Seven socks, a different colour for every day. I love that. I love it. And all the navy ones, because she bought them, all the navy and the black ones were uh, no longer used. (laughs) So every time she'd call, she'd say to him, now, Joe, what colour sock have you on today? (laughs) And he'd put the leg up and it would be a red or a yellow or a green or a blue Uh, for a fella that wore black and navy. And he has never worn a dark sock since. (laughs) He wore enough of them in the Navy, that's for sure. And that's what I'm going to get now for Father's Day. I asked my daughter to get a packet, another packet, and they're as perfect now as they were the day she bought them. That's and the Navy I'm training, you see. Oh, well, don't talk to me about the Navy training. I'd say it is. I'd say <laughs> the shirts are perfectly creased and everything, and the shoes are shined oh, every day. perfect, but no sense of colour. <laughs> He's like me, so I totally colourful. That one out very fast. Well, it's a problem that some men have, me included, is we... Uh, well, me anyway. I, I struggle to coordinate clothes, you know? I don't I know, know what goes me. with what... It's about time, you know. You would think, wouldn't you? Are you, are well, you? I coordinate him rather quickly. <laughs> okay, I don't mean <laughs> to be I don't mean to be sexist about it, but a woman's eye is better in these regards, I think. Ah, anyway, listen, sir, you know what colour goes with what? I don't. I actually don't. I have to write. You, I'll have to write a letter to you and tell you. I wouldn't have a clue. And then, and then, am I? sick of telling you. Totally sick of it. I mean, if I'm to be quite <laughs> honest, it's one of the banes of her life. And then I might get the clothes right, and I'll get the shoes wrong. Be liable to I go know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, are you 45 years married now to Joe? I am. And unfortunately, no, he has had to be put to green con because we could no longer look at him or look after him at home. And we've tried and tried and tried. And it's so bloody awful sad. 
the body is the body is failing him, but the brain yeah. is sharp as a pin. Uh, is his it? brain, he could tell you where he was fifty years ago in Sydney Bridge. I know, I know. Sixty years ago, when he was he was in the English Navy. You described him when he married you as a married bachelor. That's an interesting. Well, without a doubt. Why would you say that? <laughs> because we didn't go everywhere together. I had a friend since I was working, and unfortunately, she just died two years ago. And we were, we we the path worn into the opera house and the everyman yeah. to shows. And Joe wouldn't go to those kind of shows at all. He yeah. was kind of, um, he'd like, um, what kind of music that you, what would I call it? I can't find the word. Oh, it's lots of different types Highfalutin, of music. Highfalutin, I'd say, but it's... Uh, um, yeah. Opera? They're all operatic stuff, yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, the house is full of records. Well, it's, and books. it's, oh imp- my God. it's important that people have their own interests, you know. Yeah, very much so, and that's the way we lived. We'd go to the odd wedding together, and he hated weddings. <laughs> and then eventually I said, Look, I'm, you're not going to any more weddings with me. I'm going myself. <laughs> leave him at home. Him at home. I left him at home, and he was happy as a leave, pig, and you know what? Yeah, leave him at home, counting <laughs> his socks. Leave him at home. And that's what I did, and he was happy out. But anyway. <laughs> But you had a so long hat, you're having was, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had become a widow, and after a few years, I needed an extra few, as we say at the time, shillings. And I saw an ad on the paper for a bar person in Musgrave Golf Club. Musgrave Golf Club, yeah. And I applied, and Joe interviewed me. I didn't know him or the sky over him. He was the manager, was he? Hmm? Was he the manager? He was. He gave me the job, and that's how I met Joe Moynihan. And your relationship blossomed, and, and all these years well, later... I don't know whether it blossomed or not, <laughs> or what it is, but <laughs> <laughs> after a while, he needed a spin-up to Auntie's in Tower, which I, know, I think you know, do I you? I do, I certainly do, yeah. And I had a banger of a car, and I took him up, because I was working until half seven, so he hung about, he couldn't walk up at the time. He, he could, but he didn't. Yeah. And I delivered him to Auntie's, and I did that two or three nights, and then he asked me eventually one night at work, one evening, would I go out with him? <laughs> would, you, would you become his full-time driver? <laughs> yeah, that's what I did, come eventually. <laughs> I love it, I love it. I wish way I, ahead of me there. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I had more time, but you're a gas woman, that's for sure. Well, anyway, I had four children, and any man that takes on a woman with any amount of children that are not his, they're great men. And he was that. He was a great husband. He was a great dad. They idolised him. And the girl that bought him the coloured socks, unfortunately, died three years ago. Oh, dear me. So sorry to hear that. he loved him to bits. Yeah. So he'd be what? He'd be in his... Are you both in your... He's 88 since March. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And he is a... He was a married bachelor up to the day he went into Grange Cotton. All right. Well, you can figure that one out. I know it's um, it's it's difficult Very now sad. for. I'd say it is sad in the end, isn't it? Very, uh, you know, we're it all is. devastated. I know. We can't get our head around it. It's I know, and there's nothing I can say because it's just the no, wheel. No, no, you it's can't. Just, you it's have just to be in the situation. Yeah, sure. It's just bad. the wheel of life, really. You know, it's just the no, way okay. things go. You know. And you know, before I got married to him, which we got married in six months, six months and a few days. Uh, I mean, I, I was so busy, I, I hardly realised I was getting married. <laughs> <laughs> I was hanging out washing the morning of my wedding. Get away, really? 
No, they'd be getting their nails done and their hair. Oh, sure, like they're three-day events now, for God's sake. <laughs> Listen, look look after him. I know you will, and give him, our, give him a hug know, for all of us. And it's so sad. To see. Now we're bringing him out at weekends. Yeah, know, well, Sunday sure. now. You'll have a special day on Sunday. Yeah, well, I, I think I'll get another pack of those multicoloured socks. All right, go for it. All right, thanks, Rita. Lovely stories this morning. Keep them coming. Text 0868 So talk to Steve after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818 Back to our calls in a couple of seconds' time, but I just want to tell you that there's a big event on this Sunday in Canty. Starts at 9 o'clock. It's called Dad Rock Sunday. And the Hollies are a well-known hard rock and power trio out of East Cork, and they do all sorts of sets. A lot of the classic rock belters, from the ACDCs and ZZs to Lizzie and Floyd and everybody else like that. And they're going to play us out this morning, and I think one of the little medley they're going to do features a bit of Aslan which would be nice so that's a big event that's on this uh, Sunday Canties 9pm Dad Rock Sunday and I guess all the dads will be there playing their own uh, invisible guitars why not rock it out on Sunday uh, for Father's Day so that's to finish out this morning back to the phone lines we go to another dad nominating himself <laughs> the dads that nominate themselves Steve Murphy morning Neil, we meet again, boy. How I, are I actually saw the video of you trying to coax the children into winning you a pizza oven, right? So what were you up to? Well, I tried my best. I thought they'd give me a good answer, but they give me a pretty poor answer. <laughs> they, just want, the they, they just want... what? The, the one reason they love you as dad is what? Spending my money. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they're honest. At least they're honest. That's all I got out of them. So I called over to my mother then, and my mother gave me a better answer. Go on. She said the taking of the mass was one. Taking of the mass. Taking of the church. You're breaking up. Move around there. So your mammy says because you bring him to mass, you're a good boy. Go on. Yeah. And she also said, "Hey, let me good son of the great father." That you couldn't be good unless your dad was good before you. Sorry. She's saying you're good because your own dad was good before you. I'm saying. Yes. I love the kids. No, your mam is right because your mammy will never tell you a lie. Um, but no. I love the kids one about the money, though. I really do. Yeah. yeah. That is like spending my money. And are they good to you on Father's Day usually? They are brilliant to me. They are brilliant to me. Always to me. As you can see, I love you actually in my videos. But I, 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 I have many memories of them. Many great, great memories. I was watching the one yesterday and it looked as if you're just a big child yourself, to be quite honest with you. That's, I'm, the biggest, I'm the biggest child in the house. <laughs> that's, that's why you get along with them so well. Are, and, and are they good to you on Father's Day? How old They're are they? Uh, Layla's 11, Shay's 8, and Miley May will be 2 in September. Miley May, what a lovely name. Yeah, Miley what, May Murphy. What, what, Miley May Murphy. What kind of gifts would they give you? Do you know what, Neil? Socks, as you know yourself. Socks, the famous <laughs> socks. Can't get enough of socks. <laughs> Underpants. <laughs> Underpants. What, what time mass do you bring them to? Uh, 10 o'clock every Sunday. <laughs> and does your yeah. mother ask you then, just checking, does she say things like, who said mass? Do you know what, Neil? That was always oh, about this, who said mass. And you know, we'd always, when we were down in the morning, we'd have a look in, see who said mass, and then we'd go behind the church. <laughs> 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 we all do this. There'll but as I got older, Neil, do you know what? Sorry, I've cut the cards. As I got older, do you know what? It's great because it goes to mass with Leila and Shay, and do you know what? Afterwards, we goes up the Costa Coffee with the mother, and it's great to do you know have a chat and catch. And it's great. There's more of again having a chat with the mother and 
That's a lovely routine. Where do you all live? Yeah. I'm in Mallow. Right. We're all in Mallow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm okay, well, listen, hang in there. We'll see how we get on between now and midday. And Stephen going to Mass and you know, staying on the right side of his mammy. Vicky, good morning. Morning, Nate. How are you? Your husband, uh, Kieran, hardest working yeah. man. Um, tell me a little bit about him because I know he had a difficult time there soon recently, did he? Yeah, so in February... Uh, 2021 during COVID um, he was diagnosed with a brain tumour um, and it was only found by chance. Um, he was seeing a physiotherapist um, for his back um, he had a disc out in his back and the physio kind of started that problem for him and then he started getting like pins and needles in his shoulder and neck and stuff so the physio said look here and I prefer if you went off and got another MRI and I know exactly what I'm working at then and so he went off and had the MRI, went back to Duca, the physiotherapist and he said oh I can work away here now and and uh, two weeks later, then Karen got a phone call that our GP was after being on annual leave. And when he came back, he read Karen's report and he said, you need to come down. So um, to make a long story short, he said, you have a brain tumour. Um, so it was on his pituitary gland um, and it was um, like resting on his optic nerve so he could have lost his sight at any time. Um, but prior to this, um, I could see Karen like we'd say six months previous to this, I could see him deteriorating as in, you know, he wasn't himself. He was losing loads of weight. He had no energy. There was days where he couldn't even get up off the couch. And I, I knew there was something more sinister myself. I'm terrible thinking, gosh, you're being a bit of a drama queen now and whatever. But um, thankfully for Luca, the physiotherapist, you know, he sent him to the MRI. Smart and, physio, wasn't he? Smart guy. Yeah, yeah unreal. We was, he very, very was he operated on then? Yeah, he had the, the tumour removed. Um uh, it was meant to happen in the December of 2020, but with COVID and everything, it was put off. But by February in 2021, like his symptoms were getting worse. I could nail my husband now went from a fine stocky man to a walking skeleton. Go away that and bad, so quickly. I, yeah, yeah. yeah um, it was unreal. Like he was, you know, it, like my friends, if they'd see us, they were like, my God, like, what's wrong with Karen, you know? Yeah, is he so, thriving now um, again? He's absolutely brilliant. He's back to himself, fine stocky man now again, great farm, back working, um, and absolutely fantastic to add to the kids. Um, but do you, want, do, you, do you think about how it, how it might have been if it hadn't been picked up that you'd be widowed? Yeah. I mean, he, sure, blind, absolutely, but it could have been a lot yeah. worse than that. It a lot worse because he, see, he was being treated for all the long, for his thyroid gland and um, for an underactive thyroid gland, but the underactive thyroid gland, you 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 gain weight and yeah, you know, I know, you, I know. You know I'm just thinking about what could what could have been, you know. So we were very lucky, and we were like thanks to Luca as well, you know, this physiotherapist in Glamour, you know. Only for him, it wouldn't have been picked up. And as you say, I could be a widow now, you know. Totally. I'd yeah. say and I imagine that uh, the kids spoil him rotten on Father's Day, do they? Oh, they do. They do. They love him. And uh, we have a son as well with special needs. He's actually 30 next Wednesday, if I can just wish him a happy birthday as well for next Wednesday, Craig. And the bonds between, since Kara got sick and been at home, you know, and with COVID and everything, the bonds they've built, the two of them, it's just amazing. Uh, and I appreciate every bit of it, Jack. Well said. I know you're emotional, but so you should be yeah. because uh, you dodged a bullet there for sure. And you have a happy uh-huh. family as a consequence of Luca picking up on something like that. Yeah. Fair play to him. Can I just say to you, um, you would marry a man there just a few uh, minutes ago from County Down. She's my first cousin. Ted's my uncle. <laughs> Small world. Ted is your yeah, uncle. Yeah. Luca yeah. saved your husband and Ted saved his wife's oh, life. Oh, my God, isn't yeah. it amazing? Yeah. 
unreal, yeah, because I'm, I'm skipping because I got, we got a text uh, into our group chat from Miriam. I'm going on Red FM in a minute, Edison. And I was like, um, I'm going on too. <laughs> I'm glad you did. I'm glad yeah, you did. Yeah. Showing the love for your husband, Kieran Thompson. Well done. Thank you, yeah, Vicky. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks very much. Take All care. the best. Take Bye. care. Text 0868104106 for the little time that we have left. Can I also say, yeah, I'll take a call. That's fine. Can I also say that to close as well as the Hollies playing us out, we have more family passes for different tourist attractions to give away this morning and this is a particularly beautiful one because I visited myself the Butter Museum a unique institution one of the greatest success stories in Cork and indeed in Ireland was our butter trade in fact our trade in general I could talk all morning about that but up in Shandon the museum there is just dedicated to a lot of the city trading that went on over to the UK, but also right across the Atlantic from the early 1700s onwards. And they developed the Cork Butter Exchange, like a stock exchange for butter. Such was the amount of butter that was being produced down here and exported. And it's all there to go and see. The whole life and times of the butter industry on Lisa. It's well worth There's a lot more to it than that, incidentally. But I have five family passes to give away just before quitting time today. So I'll open the phone lines for that in a few minutes' time. Uh, just ahead of another call, I see Melissa standing by there. Uh, thank you so much for the wonderful spread of food we received last week for Free Food Friday. Persistence paid off. The food was delicious and fed not just the staff at Irish Removals and Storage. It fed Lamass Engineering, My Core Fitness, Public Storage and Cork Office Machines. We had a fine old party, I can tell you. There was so much food. Well done for sharing it. Thank you for coming back to me at Irish Removals and Stories from last week. To everybody at Cope on the Cork Road in Middleton. To Crazy Monkey, home of Action Sports. The Plumbing Counter at Irish International Trading. The Porters at the South Infirmary. Powerboard Cork, who were listening in Monkstown. They want to feed the hungry participants and instructors. It's a little bit wet today, so we take their mind off the rain. Carrigaline Cheese, most beautiful cheese. Had some recently. Cork City Ambulance Service. The Firefighters in Anglesey Street. The Economic Development Department of the County Council are working hard. Everybody, Atkins and Ballycoreen, Joe's Edge Hair Salon and Blarney and T. Shuppa by Harry Baby and Little Island. Five hungry souls. That's the shout-outs for this week. We'll pick a winner for Free Food Friday in a few minutes' time. Back after the break and a big treat for you with the Hollies in studio as well. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 Cork's Red FM. OK, just one fast one. Melissa, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? Your dad is cranky, moany, stubborn and a particular man. But you, but in spite of all of that, yeah? In spite of all of that, he's also perfect. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> you don't take his crankiness too seriously then? Not at all. He's just a typical Irish man, really, isn't he? All right. So what are you going to do for him on Sunday? Um, I suppose tolerate him. <laughs> No, I'm sure I might cook him a nice meal now or something, uh, that kind of jazz. The usual, get the cards made from the grandkids, um, maybe a sneaky bit of cake, because he is diabetic as well, though. Oh, right, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, he having, is he having an easy time of it at the moment? Because you described a battle ahead. Yeah, he well, he just, uh, his health, he's got, he's got a road ahead. We've had some tests and there's, there's, there's work to be done, but uh, there's yeah. no fear of him. Yeah, You yeah. can't knock a good thing. As I say, he's got so many things wrong to him, wrong with him, that we just added to the list. And where's he we living? He's living in Cove. What's his name? Tom Hagerty. He's and actually, he was a taxi driver for years, so he's well known. And tell me, are there grandkids? There are. There's Abby, Liam and Maria. All right. Has he dote on them, he does? He does. He spoils them, but I'm his only child, so he spoils me more. And do you I'll, always t- be his, d- I'll always be his baby. And do you tell him that you love him and that he was very good to you growing up and everything, yeah? Oh, every day. I don't hang up the phone without saying I love you. Do you it's talk all the time, yeah? Twice a day, every day. 
<laughs> Easily, if not three times a day. And what do you talk about three times a day? I just let him moan, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> you bring out the <laughs> moaner in him. All right, I love it, I love it, I love it. Well, happy Father's Day to him. Much obliged to you. Can I just, uh, can I just pick a couple of winners on this? I wish I had an extra hour, but time always gets away with me at the end. But ahead of that, just a quick shout-out, because the summer show starts today. I could say something on the, along the lines of, wouldn't it have been brilliant if it was last weekend? But you have to deal with the hand that you're dealt. And Robert Harkin is the president of the Monster Agricultural Society. All good with you, Robert? Things looking Okay. All, all, all fantastic, Neil. But it's all, yeah, all, all, all systems go now. Bear we're, in we're, mind, we're, you've got twenty thousand square meters of indoor marquees as well. We have, Neil. We have. We've that's almost five acres under cover. But you know, we've been looking at the forecast. We've been watching the radar. It, there's only showers. I think, and Sunday's a really good day. Sunday's so a great day. Uh, to be, yeah, tomorrow's so better than today for sure. But isn't it some? Isn't it yeah. some record that the summer show is going since eighteen oh six? Over 200 years, yeah, it's fantastic, you know, and it has grown, obviously, from, uh, you know, an initial or a rural day out uh, in, in Ballon Temple to what it is now, um, which is a huge showcase for so many different things uh, in Cork, um, so it is. What will people see if they go along over the weekend? So where do we start? We have, we, so we've tried to make it as, as user-friendly as possible. So we have up to 20 different zones um, from music zones. We have fantastic music this week. We have uh, Jack O'Rourke, Claire Sands, the four of us. Uh, we have music on all days. We have show, on, on both days. We have show jumping. We have a dog show. We have arts and crafts. We have poultry. We have floral art with amazing flowers uh, on, on display. Lots Farm of animals. food. Lots of food and drink offerings too. Yeah. Lots of food and drink offerings. All artesian foods that you can taste and, 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 and buy if you wish to. We have motor and vintage health and wellness. We, there's just so, so much. So we have 25 acres of display uh, going on there. Okay. Is there also an outdoor market as well as everything else? There's an outdoor food zone and an outdoor market, yes. So we have, uh, you know, where you can buy vegetables, you can buy flowers. We have a, 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 a Down Syndrome Cork, uh, the Field of Dreams, on, uh, with, their, with their produce on display there, which is fantastic for them. Big fun fair, I believe, also. Lots of amusements. A huge fun fair there. Um, such, such an amount of, uh, of entertainment, you know. Uh, like things that you... That you can pack into a field that we, we, we you you wouldn't see anywhere else. I know, you know what you're like saying, from yeah. like the likes of you know like meeting real life superheroes. The, the coast guard will be there and the firemen will be there with their machinery, with their fire brigades. You can go and climb I, on a fire, the fire brigade. That sort of thing. I love the you idea of the chainsaw. The chainsaw wood carver. I think that'll a chainsaw be fun wood to watch. carver is incredible. Like <laughs> you see, you turn a piece of timber into <laughs> into a sculpture. With like a it's, it's with, with a chainsaw. Yeah. I tell you one you know, thing, man. You really have adapted over the years but you've had to you have to uh, you, you, you have to grow with it you know and I, I suppose the rural urban divide Neil is gone you know it, it's gone now like you know long ago farmers came to Cork once a month or once a year Totes. but now it's it, it's, 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 it's a mixed culture again like, everybody's there you know okay. so well, good luck with yeah. it starts today yeah. I wish you it know, more time runs just, across the weekend thank you Neil can I just say to you just to get there we have a park and ride it's free to get there we have a park and ride running from four areas and the 208 bus um 
is, is brings us right to the door. You're the man. Good luck with it. Weather will improve. Certainly will. Tomorrow's better than today and Sunday is the best of the weather and if you're thinking about going, uh, try and use some sort of public transport at the park and ride because otherwise you'll get, might well get screwed with uh, traffic backups. Right. I was telling you there earlier on that um, Dad Rock Sunday happens in Canties uh, on Sunday and amongst the bands playing there are the Hollies and two of the lads from the Triumvirs. We have two of them in studio, Dan and Owen. I got the time wrong. It's a six o'clock start, is it Owen? Well, we're on it. We're on at nine, but uh, there's a young fella on before us. He's just starting out. His name is Joe Mack. He's starting out in his career. <laughs> he's wishing him all the best. And I'll tell you one thing, right? He's a tough act to follow. <laughs> he is. He only gets better with age, he's man. Not, he's, he's still rocking him. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Morning, so Joe Mack. I know he listens every day, so uh, have a good gig on Sunday ahead of the lads. So what are you going to be doing Sunday? Dads with electric guitars, is it? Yeah, what we're trying to do is get uh, the dads out, encourage people to bring their dad out for a for point on Sunday uh, it's a free event we're going to be doing dad rock hits although what dad rock is probably has changed in recent years uh, to some people dad ma- rock might be just uh, tin lizzy stuff like that uh, but I wonder is that granddad rock <laughs> oh thank you very much <laughs> thank you so much for the ageist insult well he definitely doesn't want to hear Ollie Morris so no there'll be no Ollie Morris we're the right band is it a, is it a wagon wheel free zone it's I a wagon wheel free zone yeah. alright so okay be Led Zepp ACDC all that kind of stuff let's so. hear you guys rock it up then for me because I know you're going to do a couple of songs in a set in yeah. your own time we're going to try and do something a bit handy for you there and then we'll, we'll take it away so yeah. Start with a little bit of credence. Just give it the winner. Someone told me long ago that there's a camp before the storm, and I know it's been that way for all my life. When it's over, so to say, it'll rain a sunny day. Now, for the Lizzie for the dads. Tonight there's gonna be a jailbreak somewhere in the town. Don't you dare to try to stop us. We're coming up and going down. Now the road looking right to left. See us coming out the crooked space. You move away, do you hear what I say? One of my friends But tonight there's gonna be a jailbreak Somewhere in the south Tonight there's gonna be a jailbreak So don't you be around Tonight there's gonna be trouble I'm gonna find myself here Tonight there's gonna be trouble So woman, stay with a friend
don't know why, don't know where, don't care less, it's all the same. Incredible stuff. I was, oh, and I was watching you there and I was saying to myself, he's playing that like as if it's a bass guitar. And it is. It is <laughs> I've never yeah. seen an acoustic I, bass I guitar. Doing, no, no, yeah, yeah. I had to get a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's very strange for us to be without our drummer, Kieran, as yeah. well. And it's yeah. normally when you're playing with a big electric. Imagine that with electric guitars. Oh, man. If I was drums. in town, I'd be there with my own electric guitar. <laughs> yeah. Pretend, yeah, yeah. anyway. Three the air guitars. With our air guitars. Air guitars as well. Okay, with a six o'clock kickoff at Canty's on Sunday. Uh, for Dad Rock get involved well done guys thank you so much thanks much very much for having us great way to finish off a working week and start the weekend and thank you for it listen finally just another little bit of housekeeping uh, free food Friday winners for this week because so many of them texted would you believe it Argos uh, particularly in Maham Point so let me get to the phone lines and I should have a Maria online one Maria good morning yeah. Maria Hello. how are you I'm good <laughs> did I disrupt you I was just serving a customer. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, it's kind of bittersweet because you're closing in the next week or so, right? We are indeed, yeah, next Saturday. Oh, my... Is it yeah. just... Is it Mahan and Blackpool or what? It's the whole of Ireland. No, I know, but the two in Cork, there's two oh. will close next weekend. We are indeed, yes. Oh, so it's going to be sad to be saying goodbye to all of your colleagues. Yeah, because I've been here 15 years. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, listen, I'd love to send lunch to you all down there today, courtesy of Reserves and Roosters. Are you feeling a bit hungry? Oh, definitely. Thanks very much. Okay. Do you have many staff around you there? Uh, we, will in- we-, we will indeed. Okay. But are they there now for a shout-out, I wonder? Um, we can. How's it going, my man? Round up the troops. Give us a big weekend shout, will you? Oh, my God, that's awful. <laughs> You'll have to do better than that. It's awful. <laughs> Go again. <laughs> if, you weren't, if you weren't closing next week, I wouldn't give you the prize. Oh, but that's just, terrible. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. How can I refuse? How can I refuse? Well done to everybody down in Argos and man. <laughs> One simple thing they have to do. Shout as loud as you can. Anyway, listen, good luck to them all. And it's sad to hear that the businesses will close in a week's time. Okay, with regards to our prizes for Father's Day, Julie Sweeney was on to us, Miriam McAlevey was on to us, and Vicky Thompson was on to us. Vicky Thompson's story about her husband, Kieran, uh, after the brain tumour was 
picked up by Luca and coming back to full health and fitness uh, and loving life. I'm going to send the pizza oven to Vicky and Kieran Thompson. They can enjoy it in the back garden and make their pizzas with the family, courtesy of ourselves and uh, Hanley's Garden Centre at the Kinsale Road roundabout. I'm going to send Miriam and the family a gift voucher uh, for Sunday lunch. Take the family out to either the International Hotel or the Met. We have Sunday lunch for two adults and two children and do the same for Julie Sweeney uh, who was telling me about her dad Bertie. Their mam walked out in them when they were all very, very young but boy did he do a stellar job. So we've got Sunday lunch as well for you, uh, Julie. I'm not sure whether it would be the International or the Met. We can work on that when we get off the air. Lines are open now for our Butter Museum vouchers if you want to go and take yourself up there. Not for a butter voucher itself but a tour of the Butter Museum. So pick up the phone on that one. 0818104106. Sorry, 0818104106. We'll take callers 9, 10, 11, 12 and 13. Have a great weekend and I'll talk to you Monday. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.